0: This week, we've got some, right at the beginning, we're going to start with some, welcome to Critical, Crit Apocalypse, by the way. This is episode 81. It's episode 81 of Chris Apocalypse. My name's Matt. You're Anne. Anne, how you doing? All right. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, in a new segment, I'm going to call Welcome to the World <sighs> of Racism. Um, I recently, after listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, had about a Facebook group. Yeah. No. Now this particular Facebook group, they are taking credit for reducing the Rotten tomato score of Star Wars: The Last Jedi.
1: Oh, because they're and, bad at understanding movies.
0: They are very bad at understanding movies, but also you've never seen
1: Last Jedi, like, have you? No, no.
0: I will soon. It's I, a fantastic I, fucking I film. I, I like everything that Rian Johnson has done, so I'd like to see it. Uh, but anyway, so. um <laughs> So this group um, they started another campaign mm-hmm. to get fans of well let's 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 um, let's have a look let's have a look. Um, okay, so given the massive Good. success Good. Good. of the three seconds of silence there given, in the podcast, given the, I'm trying to read out their their statement here. So mm. given the massive success of the audience review rigging on the Rotten Tomatoes site for Star Wars: The Last Jedi. And due to the sudden rise in those disgruntled with Disney business practices, among other factors, especially due to the corporate manipulations which created falsified bad press for the DCEU, I feel it's time, yeah, time to strike back at those under <laughs> Disney. I feel like we're
1: listening, like, uh, listening in the old, uh, what's what it called? The Mandala Effect. Yeah. Or something like this. Is, there's a dimension where half the people in the world are seeing a good version of the DC yeah. movies.
0: I think that they have the most rose-tintedness of glasses. It's
1: not really rose-tinted because that requires nostalgia. We're talking about current stuff. Also, can you imagine? This is delusion.
0: Like you see those films and they don't have any color, color filter on them whilst you're watching them. If you put rose-tinted glasses, going to be even darker. Oh. You'll be able to see shit. Mm. Um Anyway, sorry, I feel that it's time to strike back at all those under Disney and bring down the House of Mouse's actions for paying off the critics that hurt DC <laughs> Comics on film and for other parties affected by them.
1: We didn't get paid by DC, did we?
0: No. Oh. No, not yet. Oh, it'd be nice if did. It. Been waiting for it. Uh, but anyway, so that sounds like, it sounds like it is just, it's just a bunch of people disgruntled about DC Nerds. Yeah, it sounds like it's just a bunch of Superman and Batman nerds, right?
1: Well... If you were a Superman or Batman nerd, you would not like the DC movies. No,
0: you would not. You would not. Batman's a smart guy. In the films, he is a dumb guy. Dumb gun guy. Yeah. Superman's unhappy alien guy. Um, anyway, so that sounds just like...
1: The Batman Mad- in the DC films is like, it's Val Kilmer's Batman, but he doesn't know he's Val Kilmer's yeah. Batman, and he thinks he's Frank Miller's Batman.
0: Yeah. He's, he's basically a, he's a neon
1: drenched... I'm a friend of your son's.
0: Hey, what's your name? Is it Marvin? Could you be my mom too? I lost my mom. Hmm. And it was Martha. Um, anyway, sorry. So, so that that sounds just like the raving raving lunatics that we deal with every single day, doesn't it? It sounds like all those people out there that go, "Bro, <inaudible> bro, Superman was the best film ever. I love Superman. Saiyan on, I do. I love him. He's so good, right? It sounds like. Hmm. And Justice League was amazing. So, you know, it sounds just like them. But it Justice continues Justice League on. was amazing.
1: It was the best film ever made in 1995.
0: Um, so anyway, gets to the end, gets to the end of this page, and they've suddenly taken it down now because I like people to read this and realise they're the villains, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. But at the bottom, it said, "It said SJWs are ruining, ruining entertainment mm-hmm. and more of this exploitation of the current wave of SJW popularity and using blacks to increase the viability of film and all this other shit." Just went racist as fuck. It went completely racist, and it's all kicked off because. Finn was in The Last Jedi and they've actually this same group shared a link to that infamous uh, menemism cut of The Last Jedi oh shit where they just removed women saying anything there's 45 minutes of unwatchable shit basically even the creator admitted that that's it's a like the Glen Gary
1: Glenn Ross cut of yeah, yeah it's just- <laughs> but it kind of implies more of a Glenn and Gary, t- Gary take Ross up his sweet ass cut <laughs> which is what they'd probably rather see
0: um, but yeah, no, it's just fucking it. it's insane. Because I was reading it, like I was like, oh, these guys like...
1: Are the ones trying to review Bomb Black Panther then?
0: Yeah. They're basically... That film's
1: going to do amazingly well. I know. It's I honestly got- think Avengers Infinity War is going to have a tough time taking more money than Black Panther. Then. I
0: think Avengers Infinity War is going to be... It a-
1: will the Wii eventually.
0: It's going to be an insanely fun movie to watch. Yeah. I think that the two people doing it, it's Joe... It's the Russo brothers, isn't it?
1: Joe and Anthony Russo.
0: And when you see what they did with all the characters in... Um, The Winter Soldier.
1: Winter Soldier was good. Civil War's decent. Was that them as well? Yeah, they did Civil War as well.
0: Yeah, Civil War I liked.
1: But they did, yeah, they did Winter Soldier. Civil
0: War, they juggled everyone as they should. And they treated superheroes like cameos, because, come on, we've all seen the movies by now. They are simply just cameoing in one big film, aren't they? They're not exactly... So, yeah, but... um, But, yeah, so it was just... It was insane to me. That they don't... These guys are the villains that they fucking see in all their movies and they're not going like, oh, God, you know what? I really don't don't like black people today. Don't know what it is, but I want to really campaign against that movie with a few black people in it. And I just find that fucking perplexing. Look, man,
1: black people got Meteor Man. <laughs> like, they should be happy. They got Steel. They steel, steel. Steel, steel was, was pretty sweet. a Superman, you know, yeah. eventually, one day, for a little bit, and then that, that got sort of glossed over. But, yeah, they should be happy that they got... Yeah. Yeah. We gave him Leprechaun in the Hood twice. I think it's just fucking incredible. I think it's
0: ridiculous as well. And they said the DC fanboys, but they don't mention how Cyborg was in Justice League, but that's because, obviously, that's one of the SJWs. Well, he was subservient to Batman, so he was one of the good ones. You know what's happened, don't you? Hmm. It was was that cuck, Joss Whedon. He Hmm. made it. He's bringing in those SJWs from Marvel... That's why Wonder Woman gets a movie. Doesn't talk about Wonder Woman. Doesn't talk about Cyborg. Just talks about the fact that he's unhappy with the SJWs and the blacks getting a
1: movie. It's weird they worry about that stuff. That's literally what he calls them. Wonder Woman spends Justice League putting the other guys in their place and telling them they're being idiots. Yeah. (laughs) And she's the one who ultimately... Like, kicks the most ass at the end until Superman shows up and, like, you know... ...smart bombs everything.
0: Nerfs everyone, just like, just like hey everyone, don't you worry, you can all go back to being weak bitches. And then
1: stands there for a few seconds while his top lip trembles, quivers, moves uh, around can, independently can, of the rest of his face. All
0: right, there's all this talk about releasing the Zack Snyder Cut of DCEU... Doesn't or, exist. Or ...justice league, doesn't exist. Yeah. But what does exist out there somewhere is a non-effects... Superman upper a lip. Yeah, get me that power stash.
1: I really want in Mission Impossible for there to be a scene really early on in the film where he just he's got the mustache at the start and it. just peels it off. No, just combs it. No, no, he needs to peel it off. All he right. needs to go up to a mirror and peel it off. It was fake all along. <laughs> just and the rest of the film, he's got no mustache. That'd make me very happy. It's a spy movie, man. Having a fake mustache would just be part of the film.
0: But anyway, so it seems like every every other day there's some new racist shit. I just want to bring that to your attention, because... I don't know about you but in the next two weeks I'm planning to see I'm planning to see Black Panther mm. it's going to be great I'll see it I'm looking forward to it I fucking love the music they've got Run The Jewels on the soundtrack
1: oh shit never listened to them have you not? no oh really good no I don't like music by black people
0: <laughs> well it's good that I my favourite see- rapper
1: is Vanilla Ice is he? yeah, yeah. not
0: ice Tea. ice Tea's not white no but he's water Yeah, mm. yeah He's water tea. Lemon tea. No, he's water tea, isn't
1: he? Milk tea. <clears throat> he's been He was in a him. film where he played a kangaroo person. He did, yeah. In Tank Girl. Which features the line, Crumpers and tea, all in favour of Crumpers and tea." say aye, aye, Crumpers and tea, have it. The eyes have it.
0: You know what film that was, don't you?
1: Tank Girl. Best film ever made.
0: What? No. That, that's, uh, <laughs> Before you say that, I'm going to say, let's not say anything brash before we've got our pieces out because I feel like this week is going to be particularly topical. All right. I'm going to be talking about one specific, well, one actor in particular throughout my reviews. They're, right. They're, They're all linked. They're all linked. There's cohesive links. All right. And it's all recent stuff, so don't worry. Yeah. All right. So, Anne, you'll go first this week. My friend, my confidant.
1: Well, I've got to say the best thing for last. So, Whitney from my review. So, we're going to start with something really quick. I haven't played a massive amount of it. Okay. It's getting over it with Bennett Foddy.
0: Is that actually a game?
1: Um, you literally just saw me playing it two minutes ago.
0: No, we were playing the the spray paint game. Mark? No. I think you're getting confused between Mark Echoes getting up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mark who's getting up yeah No, this Getting Over it With Bennett Foddy is yeah. the latest game that all YouTubers have been required by Lord to Play they basically when, when you do YouTube videos now if you're a Let's Player or a streamer you get brought into a room there's a copy of Getting Over it With Bennett Foddy or a copy of VR Chat and a Vive and a lot of them who are smart go for the Vive one because they know they will be able to resell that Vive later for a decent profit the other guys get getting over it because you know they want to have fun and it's cheap um, yeah well, I got it with the Humble, I bought the Humble Monthly Bundle this month, and you know they have this trove thing where you can download a game from their back catalogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got a whole bunch of games you can pick from, and getting over it was in there. I was like, oh, I'll have that. Um, but yeah, it's a game where it's sort of a remake of, um, Sexy Hiking, was the game, I think it was called originally. It was an old Flash game from years yeah. ago. Um, and you got a guy in a cauldron with a hammer, and you're climbing your way up a cliff using the hammer to hook onto things, just mouse movements. You could use a, joypad as well if you want um, I can't decide what's easier the mouse is quicker to hook onto things on but the joypad I feel like I have more control over but is it a bit like Quop? yeah it's made by the same guy Bennett Foddy made Quop, and he I made made, um, he well. made Grip as well didn't he the one where you're climbing up the mountain I don't remember where, that. You have to, where all the hooks on the mountain have um, letters and you have to move your fingers into the letter points to hook onto the different letters I don't remember that, but it sounds interesting yeah, that was a good game that. I used to yeah. play that a lot in my um, break at EA <laughs> and, no um Gala actually um but yeah there's um it's that sort of thing, it's all he likes games about frustration and testing the limits of your ability to keep playing the games, but at the end of the and day patience. the point of it is frustration is a key part of game design, like you should get frustrated at certain parts in games because getting over the frustration getting over it as it were is like you know a key part of feeling like you've succeeded in a game, yeah like there's no there's no satisfaction in completing something if at some point that wasn't a challenge um. And where the with Bennett Foddy part of the title comes into it is as you're playing the game, he's like talking about game design theory. Um, he starts doing beat poetry and stuff like that as you're playing it, which, which
0: we saw some of just now. Yeah,
1: which I find hilarious that there's a whole bunch of ragey let's players and streamers screaming at this game that's like reciting beat poetry to him all the time. Um, but you have to basically make your way up a mountain. It's incredibly difficult to climb up, and he had this design ethic of he'd make a section, then try his best to get up it, and if he could get past that part of the level, it's fine, because someone else is going to come along and trash that in two seconds. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of moments where you can just drop literally straight back to the start of the game, if you'd make one mistake. It's very easy to do. Um, but when you get a flow going, and you start to complete parts of it, it feels pretty, na- pretty mm. nice, you know? Like, nice. Yeah. Because um, you've got this whole flow going on, and then it messes up, and you'll, like, stack mac your hammer into a wall and fling yourself over the cliff and land right back where you started.
0: And you want to kill someone.
1: Yeah. But I don't really get ragey by it. I just sort of like every time I'm playing it, I feel like I'm, you know, learning the learning the art of playing it a little bit more. Um, there's some very clever, like, tricky segments. There's bits with, like, a ravine where you have to hook your way up and pull your way up through the ravine and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some neat stuff with, like, a a bar that you have to hook onto and pull yourself across it, like, from underneath. Yeah. Excellent mouse control going on. Um, Do you feel like you
0: can use these skills anywhere
1: else online? Um, I'd probably get really, really good at first-person shooters with my twitchy new mouse movement controls. What first-person shooters would you jump onto? Any, they're all the same. Oh, yeah, but um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun, frustrating and fun game. I think it's good. It's good. I like it. It's all made out of like um, Unity assets and found parts and stuff because part of the whole idea is that you're climbing over a mountain of trash, um, and it's like you know these games are all a lot of games out there these days, it's part of his, part of Bennett Foddy's whole philosophy of games is that a lot of them are kind of, they're trash games, they're not worth anything, so he's made a game out of little trash. Mm. Like, you keep seeing people using all these Unity art assets that don't really tie together, so they're not worth anything to anyone because you can't really use them in your game. They're out there, you buy them, but you can't, you can't really get away with using them because they just instantly don't look right with everything else that you got. got. And then most games out there don't really have any frustration or challenge, they just, they're, there to just guide you gently through a story. Mm. And you know, they're just they're not really something that you invest in as much. No. But um yeah, it's a really Bleh. just a simple little game. It could take you like a few minutes to get through if you're really good at it. But oh, no one is. It's very difficult. Yeah. Not many people get to the end. And the end is brilliant. I've seen what happens when you get to the end.
0: Do you just land on another part where there's another line? like the same thing?
1: You um, get to a railing and it says to hook you on to enjoy the ride, and you hook onto it and it will guide you all the way down this long, really fast railing, and you land exactly where you started. Yeah. So it's just like. That's boom. the whole point. That's, yeah. That's video game. just probably. got to get over it. I
0: don't understand how people don't understand this. All right, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great so game. Would you Good recommend fun. people buy it? How much is it
1: if I'd, you want to buy I'd it? I have no idea because I got it with that humble thing so it's well, free. Right. <laughs> well, like, how much would
0: it be normally, Drake? I don't know. I don't know. What what it's on you, Steam. If it? you're putting a value
1: on it? I don't know. Tenner. Yeah. Fair show. Fair But, um,. Yeah, it's, it is like every YouTuber's playing it, though, which is... Yeah. That's the thing. I usually don't I go and do a Let's Play of that sort of thing, because it's like, you know, everyone's doing it. What's the point?
0: It's like doing a Let's Play of playing poker.
1: Yeah. And I'm not a ragey person on those. Because, you know, those rage YouTubers, half them are putting it on. Yeah. A whole lot. Um, so fuck them. But, um, you know, it might be fun to do a stream, just playing around. and just. I've been tempted to get Paul to play it and see what he thinks, because right. he'll get frustrated in no time.
0: I have a couple of games I think mm. would be good for a stream. But mm. I, I think that I think that you're right. It's your content. You're better to decide that stuff. Mm. I'll make my own YouTube channel. It doesn't matter anyway.
1: You've got your own YouTube channel. You never post anything on it. But when you do, you don't make sound properly and it comes out and no one can hear what's being said. <sighs> Professionalism. Yeah.
0: Not something I'm really known for. Anyway, mm. all right. So is that your first review?
1: Sure, why not? Okay, right.
0: Well, my first review. This wow. week, this week has been... Quite a good time for me. I've been very excited. Has it all right? So, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I often download and watch 4K movies. I'm very much into technology and film, and I like film. And I have 4K. I have a fantastic 4K TV. Does 24 frames per second has a HDR mode. You know, it's just you know, it's just I like the fancy stuff. I like the fancy bits and pieces. Um, and this week, I, I th- there was a film being released. so I thought I might as well return to a series of films that I. Have a love-hate relationship with, so I'm going to review those films along with some other bits and pieces. All right. Just, just gonna, just gonna get it going, really, aren't I? Get on with all it. Right. So uh, the the Hunger Games, no, is a YA movie series, isn't it? Yeah. They
1: hunt people and they yeah, but what? Get on with it. So I just Twelve. What, what what are you reviewing? You know, and all that happened. Because I need to get the time codes in. The host. Pain in the the host was just the thing. Just get to what is you reviewing.
0: Uh and then, you know, mm. they had they had uh they had Fifty Shades of Grey and they had uh What Twilight. are you reviewing? And there's only one series really for me as an old adult man who likes a bit of violence, likes a bit of fun, a bit of sci fi. And that film is The Maze Runner. Alright. Starring my boy Dylan O'Brien That's right, Dylan O'Brien.
1: Daniel O'Brien from Dylan Cranks.
0: O'Brien starring in The Maze Runner. Right. Do you know about the Maze Runner?
1: Yeah, the films, they exist. Did you know much about the, the plot? No, I know one of my subscribers on YouTube is in one of them. What? But he's in the new one.
0: What? Yeah. Ah, oh! you got introduced. He's an extra. You got introduced it, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Got so th- Maze Runner, Maze Runner episode one. Just
1: review the new one. No, because you did not the other what this ones. This is about. Did I? I'm sure you did. No, You definitely talked about them before.
0: I talk about them all the time because they're great movies. Oh, all right. Maze Runner 1. Bunch of kids wake up every month. One of you gets dumped off in this place called the Glade. The Glade is surrounded by a large labyrinthian maze that changes each night, but it changes in sequence. And what they do is they have people run out into the maze and they try and work out the sequence to see if there's a way they can escape. Right? All right. A new boy is welcomed to the Glade. His name is Thomas. Mm-hmm. And he feels like there is something more to everything that's happening. Well, and he wants you... to get into the maze. I don't... But the problem is, society, as they've set it up in this small little encampment, has to work in a certain way, he has to earn the respect to the leader, so that he can, uh, Gilly is the name of the leader, so that he can have his chance to run out into the maze.
1: It's like from six years ago, these good films. All right.
0: So, he rises up, gets mm. the ability to run out into the maze, and slowly starts remembering things about stuff. No. Suddenly, Teresa. The first woman to join the glade appears. She comes up in the lift with a note that says, she's the last one.
2: <gasps>
0: it's now a race against time to find their way out of the maze and see if they can succeed where they've so often failed over the three year period since the glade has been set up. The leader, Gilly, is unwilling to trust Thomas because he's, a, he's worried this new guy's going to fuck it up. Doesn't know the rules.
1: They thought like getting a ladder and just looking and over the top of the glade. It's, it's a device. very high
0: wall. It's like, it's like hundreds of feet up. So oh, Thomas. Thomas, as he discovers stuff and, you know, does stuff in the maze, things change. The order changes. <gasps> the monsters that are trapped within the maze during the night time when they most come out. They are allowed free reign in the glade and they come and attack at night. It's been three minutes talking about Thomas, this from
1: years ago. Thomas
0: fucks it. He goes out there and he fucks up the order of things. And the spider monsters get out and they start killing people. And it's up to Thomas and the gang to defend the people remaining. The next day they wake up, dwindling numbers, terrifying, scared. Gilly's turning against his people saying, you did this, Thomas. And Thomas is like, I didn't do shit. And then, and then what does he do? Stands up against Gilly and says, I'm going into the maze. Any of my friends that want to come, we'll get you free. And they're like, fuck yeah. And they're like, five of them go off into the maze. And they escape. They find out that the Grievers, which are the spider monsters, have these things on them. And when you get jabbed jab it, you remember stuff. They also have a number sequence on them. Thomas remembers the number sequence and opens up a hatch that leads out of the maze. They all get out, but then Gilly comes back. He's been stabbed with the venom. He's gone mad with venom poisoning. He accidentally shoots the youngest member and kills him, right? And as the youngest member's dying, he's like, he's like, give this to my mother. Who
1: are you actually reviewing, though? Because I need to put dead. a time code on this.
0: This is what I'm reviewing.
1: But this is like years old. Look, just
0: get over it. I need to but create. I need to create the story. I need to let
1: people know what's happened so far. Assume they've seen the first two Maze Runners.
0: Then I've only got three things. But anyway, fuck it. So alright, in the Scorch Trials, we find out there are zombies. Thomas and the other guys—they're all immune. They're That's why they were in the. You told me to get on with it. You were saying assume the people have seen them in the Scorch Death. Thomas has escaped with his friends and they're now trying to find a place to call home. They meet the resistance. They fucking say you might be immune. Wait, is there He's a like... maze in the second film? No, it's the maze run at Scorched Trials. So it's pretty badass. Have you seen it? No. Have you seen the first one? No. All right. I highly recommend you watch both films. I'm an adult. Cause... No, but this is, this is awesome. It's a 15 as well. So fuck you. <sighs> yeah, right. They have swears. Oh my God. They have swears and they're, All right. So the second, the second one introduces the idea that the earth, Was the sun turned against the Earth, and this massive solar flare came down? It fucked up a bunch of people and caused a disease called the Scourge, right? And the Scourge, basically, when you got bitten, you become a fucking zombie. So now I've got zombies in it, really fast running zombies. And there is a great sequence in which they get out of the uh, they get out of the maze, and it's only been like a week, and they got out of this lab because they find out that people are being harvested; they're taking their blood to try and create a cure, and they've escaped that as well. They get out into the they get out into the the scorch, which is the name of the the big place. Not just the disease, it's also the land affected by the solar flare. That's all just fucked. There's nothing growing anymore. Um, they get out there and they find this mine, right? And they go down to the mine, and it is like a classic, like it's a really kinetic horror sequence that you just don't even see in really good horror movies anymore. It's really nicely set up. They're basically going through this thing. They're finding supplies, and they're like they're like quite happy. They're like, oh, look at all these supplies. What are there all these supplies behind. And they go down and then they start up a generator to try and open up this door and they like, start this generator and then Thomas goes no, 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 what are you doing? And then suddenly he starts the generator, this other bloke that he's trying to warn not to do it, starts the generator and then it fucking brings these doors up you he just hear this and it's like a proper really tense Like, and all these kids are trying to run away from the zombie. It's great. It's fantastic. Scorcher. Scorch Trial, sorry. It's great movie. Great movie. I highly recommend the second, the second Maze Runner movie. It introduces zombies. Teresa betrays the group. She goes off um, Thomas seems to be the key to everything. Spoilers, he might be, um, and he's left with just his friend Newt and uh, his other friend Min, Minho or whatever. He gets captured, and so we come to uh, come to the the death cure, which so is the third Maze Runner movie, the newest yeah. Maze Runner movie, and you're it gonna is spoil that one for everyone as well. I'm not going to spoil it for everyone. Oh. I'm just going to say a few things about this one because I've already set up the groundwork. I'm trying to sell the idea of these movies to you, and you're mm-hmm. you're just throwing negativity in my face. I don't like it. Stop it. They're great. Dylan O'Brien is
1: my hero. I'm Team Brian. But you spent like ten minutes now just recapping the films without giving any. I'm just
0: going to give context to that the quality, now.
1: The themes, the like cinematography, the way the you know,
0: cinematography. Like... Oh, okay, All right. So both films share a very, very similar shooting style. So it's, it's distant shots. It's beautiful, like scenic shots, and then close-up, more intimate action shots. Mm. So it's reactionary to what's happening, which is nice because you're not just left. You're not left with just these vague instances, but also the sh- the actual shooting, the action sequences themselves. It's it's really clear. Oh, can it's you defined. see what's
1: happening in them.
0: Yeah, well, that's not very. There's clear. not, oh, there's exactly, not like, so tons of it. cuts and stuff makes sense and the and the world there are still rules. Mm-hmm. So they're defined. Like the rules can change, but they can only change within the confines of that reality. They can't just suddenly something can fly when it can't fly before, and people suddenly have superpowers. There's none of that shit.
1: Oh well, no. they should let that happen.
0: Everyone can die. Mm. There are, everyone can die, there are still mysteries, there are still keys to everything. Some characters that remember stuff, them remembering stuff, signals something else happening in the future. Like, they set up a lot of things in the past. So, um, in the second film, there's a scene in which um, Thomas is is um, drugged. And it's something similar to the Griever Venom from the first film. So that ties together. So they use something similar. It's like a mind-altering venom that mm. causes, like potentially causes death if not treated properly. Um, He's given that in like a scene where there's a large bazaar and he's walking through it. And in that scene, he sees his friend who looks like a zombie. And then in in the third film, one of the big, big key plot points is that he's been infected and they're in a sort of race against time to save him. But the third film, um, it's the natural progression of everything. Again, you get these fantastic shots. Characters are realised. You know, the way that everyone reacts, it's as they reacted in the first film, although they've grown and their knowledge has grown and they're more physically capable because there are some fucking incredible action sequences in this. Like, really impressive action sequences and nicely shot in a Didn't really one of them weird... break the
1: actor's, like, leg or some shit yeah, and they so, had to stop filming for months? So,
0: yeah. So, the <laughs> reason that The Death Cure is, is two, three years after the other one hmm. is that the lead actor, Dylan O'Brien, did a lot of his own stunts for the first two films. But oh, during the third film, he actually... Like, something went wrong and he collided with one of the stunt cars. Like, full on fucking, like, almost degloved his face and shit. Nice. Like, he was fucked up. He's got pins in his leg and stuff now. Shit. Um, but he, he then healed up and after healing up, he was contractually agreed. He had already contractually agreed to do American Assassin, which he's also the star of, Mm. which I reviewed before. It's a really entertaining flick and it's really weird because it's almost like Michael Keaton's in it. And that's always not like the a winner for me. Into, oh, yeah, no, it's not the film I'm I'll, I'll review American Assassin. I X. think you did, didn't you, last time? I probably did. It's great. It's a great movie. Um, but anyway, so The Death Cure, um, yeah, like they've become more capable. Everyone's grown up, but they're still at the right age. So it's all happened within, the actual, the first Mage Runner was only four years ago. So mm. all of this has happened within four years. And they were already like sort of early, early 20s, uh, like late teens sort of age. Mm. So they haven't aged so much, they look completely, completely like different.
1: Well, all teenagers in American stuff look like they're in the mid twenties, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, but yeah, so, and, and they're all, they've all just become completely different actors. And what's really weird is Barry Pepper, someone who was in the fir- the second film three years ago, back in this one, and he also seems like he's taken on a more physical role, almost like he's trying to keep up with these kids. And a lot of it, it's clear, like, wide shots with the actor. And if they have stunt people come in at any point, it's fucking incredibly well placed. Like they must have either really clear editing, really good editing, or it's just massively, massively done. Like it's like they're thinking about this on a much grander scale than I think some action films do. Um when it comes to the opening as well, I don't want to spoil the rest of the film because I do recommend people actually go see it because it is it is kind of fun. It's big, stupid fun. Like the first and the second film, there was a little bit more going on. This is this is just a conclusion. This is it wrapping everything up coming up with a plan. Wait, there's only one
1: part for their third film? Yeah. You're supposed to do two parts It's for your fucking third ridiculous, film. isn't it? And oh. it's, it,
0: is, it is long. It probably could lose about half an hour. There's a subplot with Walter Goggins, and Walter Goggins, who I fucking love in everything, he's been great in everything. He was in Justified as the main villain in Justified. He's in the Tomb Raider movie that's coming you know. out. But in this, he's great. Hmm. Um, and he plays someone who's infected with a scourge, but has been for years basically just cutting themselves away. Oh, like, nice. using self-surgery and, and hiring people and using, like, whatever whatever medicine he can get to keep the Scourge at bay. So when you see him in this 12A, mm. this teen film, half his face is fucking missing. His nose is completely shaved off. He's got this massive pulsating blob <laughs> on his neck. Like, it's yeah. back to the 80s style of kids' films. Nice. This would be a PG in the 80s and you would have a bunch of freaky monsters running around as zombies and the kids would just be like, <laughs> running around the place. But in this, obviously, because it's now a time when, you know, people are flipping and kicking and shotgunning each other in the face. It's a slightly different different style now. But yeah, Maze Runner the Death Cure, it's ridiculous. It is good. It is very, very good. And like the second one, they're stepping more into the horror mixed in with sci-fi and action... But it's done in such a good way that it seems kind of. I don't want to say that this is evolved beyond a YA novel because it's still that idea of, you're special, buddy. Good job being special. Keep being special, yeah? Yeah, you're being special. It's, it's like that same. There was like a long period, like a decade, where it was like, whatever your story is, your story's important. And that's, that may not be true. There's so many of us now that. Everyone we're not,
1: revolves around you. Yeah.
0: There's so many people now that we're not all going to have important stories, but. Mm. What's nice is that at the same time as this being an important story, you do kind of feel like the main character could die at any time. He's constantly like, like there are scenes where he's like slipping stuff, but at the same time, like they're keeping with that state, that kinetic movement. There are so many scenes where people are running, shot really clearly, but running towards a goal and sliding and all this physical action. It's really fucking cool to see people actually doing this stuff. Like, uh, there's less CGI in this than you'd expect,
1: Hmm.
0: and that's good as well. They but,
1: spent all the budget making a giant maze wall in the first film. They can't just keep they, throwing around. I don't think they spent
0: all the budget. I think a lot of that was like they just had one set of movements
1: around. Yeah, it was very expensive to draw um, all those squares that they. I made think on.
0: like it's weird that the first film was okay reviewed. Like people hmm. thought it was an interesting idea. Then the second film got really good reviews, <laughs> did really well in the box office, and then there was such a big break. But then this is kicking ass at the box office again. Like this has done really well. It's so already we recouped its budget.
1: What, in fuck you, it's February?
0: In like two weeks, yeah. Good it's girl. like two weeks since it's been out. But when I went to go see it as well, like, there were a lot of people there and they were all adults. Like, it wasn't just me and my girlfriend. Because there team. were children
1: when the first one came out.
0: Probably. Yeah. yeah been... I remember when I went to go see Paddington 2 and it was all like 60 and 70 year olds. And then I went the second time and it was all people my age. Oh, so the audience of Paddington was getting younger as the film went Those on. Those old folks
1: buying their tickets in advance. I fucking advance. Paddington Pre-orders. 2.
0: Paddington 2 is still, isn't it like, it holds a record for being... 100% positive reviews from everyone like everyone's considered yeah. a good film because it, it is just great Um but yeah The Maze Runner The Death Cure it's not it's not going to be the best film ever made it just definitely that was won't. a point but it is god. but it is it's a film that I don't want people to overlook just thinking it's part of that god awful tragedy I don't want people to overlook any of those films I think that all of them are important in their own silly way <laughs> And I think at a time when we had some. No, at least like, they
1: got their three films made. It's not like Mortal Instruments or whatever that other one yeah, was. Yeah,
0: but the reason those all failed was because... No one watched them. Well, no, the premise... Mm. Like, they started out like, OK, so we're going to end the film by having this massive cliffh- cliffhanger. In this, they just... Like, the end of the first film, you could have just ended the film. It was just like, oh, you've all been saved. And they're like, yeah! And that could have been the end of the film. It hmm. could have just been closed. And then the second film, the ending of it is is like she's betrayed you and your friend's stolen but like we've cleared up this whole bit like this is all done so if we don't get another movie we've kind of gotten to the point where they're probably just going to do this thing. They should the end thing.
1: every film with Princess Davy bursting through the door holding <laughs> the gun saying you guys ain't going to believe this. <laughs> but no like <laughs> everyone up get on the floor everybody while they're a Oh
0: oh get it on the floor. Uh, but yeah no I, I really recommend it. I, I, Like I said I don't want to give it a Tom Hanks, but I give it a Julianne Moore. I think it's like definitely people should watch them all. Mm they're really fun. They're fucking fun and fucking stupid, but they're stupidly fun. And so few films nowadays do this stuff. Like, it'd be so po-faced. If it, if this was a DCEU movie, like, there would be just, every time someone died, they would be crying for 15 minutes, then they'd try and bring him back with a mother box, and then the ending, they would just come back anyway and fight the bad guy. Whereas in this, if someone dies, they're just dead. Yeah, in a
1: DC movie, if someone dies, you'd get 10 minutes of unrelated scenes. Then characters yeah. would argue about something.
0: In the first movie, they kill an 11-year-old. And I'm always fucking happy when they kill kids. Yeah, it should kill kids, yeah. Big kids. And he, Not only do they kill an 11-year-old, yeah. then an <laughs> 18-year-old gets a fucking spear in the chest. Nice. Immediately. Miho is like AVP. He is great in all these movies In the second movie You remember I showed you that scene In the second movie Where he's running down the corridor mm. And he stops And he goes and knees the guy in the face That's Mio And like every movie He's AVP He's like He is MVP sorry Alien vs Predator Yeah
1: He's Alien vs Predator Requiem. Okay, Requiem The oh. second one
0: How come people don't like that movie It's stupid Terrible as shit film. It's kind of fun though
1: you can't see anything that's happening in it I know but it's kind of fun well it's you can't awful. just it's turn the brightness worse than the first one I mean the it's first one it's not as bad as
0: bad. it's brighter than Suicide
1: Squad I mean Venter Black is darker it's brighter than Suicide Squad what? Venter Black is that the blackest black? yeah it's the blackest black yeah you can't get into none more black Well, <laughs> these on the cover of Spinal Taps album um yeah you're done Yep. Fuck. Right. I've got to remember what the other things were I was going to review this week. Right. So, uh, I, I, I've been playing Civilization 6. Oh, yeah? How's that going? Because um, I bought that humble monthly bar. It's, it's alright. I quite like it. The um, so Civilization 6 is just, you know, it's the sequel to Civilization 5. Crazy, huh? Um, I will give them one point for avoiding calling the game si- si- Six Civilization. <laughs> you know, turning the V and the I into a big six. They could have done that, they didn't good on them i don't I don't stand for that nonsense, but it yeah it's just, it's the strategy game you all know and love from years ago, and like all civilization games, fans complain about every element of it, even though there's a shit ton of stuff going on in it, and there's a lot of complex systems and stuff, but it's still never good enough yeah. um you know, and then eventually, when a few expansions have come out, they'll say it's the game it should have been all along, even though this game's basically a good dike jumping point from. Civilization 5, it's mm. really just the same thing with some tweaks.
0: Is Civ 6 the one where it goes all the way to space?
1: They always do. They always have, um, they have like, the scientific victory is that you try and launch a space spaceship and colonize another planet. Oh. That's how you win But one of them actually victory.
0: could go to space. There's
1: no. one, the Civilization Beyond, which is set up, uh, oh, supposed okay. to be where you've colonized another planet. Oh, okay. Um, they're not as good, those ones. But, um, yeah, there's only one. there. There's only one. Oh. There's only one. Um, yeah, but Civilization 6 is like. It, Similar thing to the last game They've tweaked a bunch of stuff in it though There's things like Instead of your city being on one tile now You have to build districts for different bonuses So if you want to get science if you, It's like you're going for a scientific victory You'd build a campus And then on the campus you can build a library And a university and things like that And if you get a great scientist as an award you To use their power you have to move them onto the campus And activate their power on there Same thing goes for military units For art and religion and all this sort of stuff All the different things so, like, if you were building a city that's a jack-of-all-trades, you would have all these extra districts around. But when you build a district, it takes away the ability to farm food from that tile. Okay. So, like, you've got to be careful and you've got to think about what you're doing. Like, some of the tiles might give you a bonus for a certain thing. Like, you know, scientific tiles, if there's certain resources nearby, you might get a boost to science. So it's a good idea to chuck a campus on there. But you could lose a lot of food production in the process, and your civs could become starving. Mm. So there's some nice balancing going on, and it does mean that you end up with these quite nice little city areas where it looks a bit more built up than it did before. Yeah, it doesn't look like one tile's densely packed down, and then you've got farmland around it. You've actually got things coming off it, like yeah. you can have a stone edge out of the back and all this sort of stuff. Um, and there's other tweaks it's here and there. The like the way you like the way you earn. Things has been tweaked, the way religion works has been tweaked, all sorts of stuff has been messed around with. I've mostly been trying to go for a, like a blooming um, scientific victory on it so far, because I was like, oh, I just like that one, I like getting all the technology. Because yeah. the good thing with scientific victory, if you get up to a nice point towards the end, and you think other civilizations are going to win, you've got the technology to build nukes, and then you can just blow <laughs> people up.
0: Basically, like Gandhi.
1: Yeah, like Gandhi does. Um. But there's always so much content in these games, and people always complain about them when they first come out, and it's weird. There's, there's loads of friggin' different civilizations and scenarios. And there's the mods you can go crazy on. I wonder if someone's done the Beavis and Butthead mod for Civ 6. I'll have to try and find that. Is there's...
0: WWE 2K18 worth getting on the Switch?
1: No. No, it's terrible on the Switch. Is it really? Yeah, it's really bad. It runs at, like, half the speed of the other versions. Like, literally. Not half the frame rate, half the speed. But, um... No, I'm just talking about bollocks. But, um, yeah, Civ 6 is, um... It's another civilization game. <laughs> got that usual big grand presentation, everything's very important. <clears throat> you know, there's all the quotes. It quotes Monty Python at me when I was That's playing it true. the other day. I can't remember what it was what it was talking about, but it quoted Monty Python when the technologies got done. Um there's the way governments work on it is quite interesting. You like you have government systems that work similar to how religions worked in the last one, but you'll have like you'll unlock cards for completing certain civic things. So like uh you know, you will go into democracy or something like that and you'll learn a bunch of these different coloured cards that are like different traits. So maybe you'll get a bonus from production or you do more damage to barbarians or, you know, um faith spreads quicker when you've got certain buildings around. And on your government tree you'll have a certain number of slots you can put these cards into in different colours mm. and a wild card slot so you can chuck any colour into that one. So that determines the policies your civilization lives by and as you get a stronger government like you build up to monarchies and stuff like that you have yeah more options available and different sorts of options. So they've they've done a lot of these new little things in there, little tweaks. Um, Graphically, it's really pretty. Like, the Civilization games usually are pretty at the forefront of it. Oh, it's really nice sort of looking. Yeah, especially the character models for the Civs themselves, when you actually see them, when you see the leaders. Yeah. They're, like, really, really nice character models, but at the same time, they're not, like, they're not stuck in a 3D environment when you see them. They're, mm, they're, they're a single 2D, character. Yeah. But they are, like, really pretty. It's a bit weird to me that they all speak the right languages. I've always quite liked the nonsense speak they spoke like before. Simlish. Yeah, like when... um when Queen Victoria shows up and she's talking English to me, and I'm just like, this is weird. Mm. I miss when they used to go Fulham, Fulham, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's nice. It feels a bit more grand than the last one. But yeah, I mean, I've I've played, been playing Civilization games since Civilization Three and all that, and they they you know they always improve. And I think a lot of the fans are a bit harsh on them. They moan about AI and stuff like that. And I've they're saying that the AI keeps declaring war on everyone, and I've had one declaration of war so far. In the hours I've been playing it, it was a bloody German. Of course, it was a bloody German. Um, the German, one of the Germans ruling, running the Roman Empire. Um, I need to go through that and unlock some more. Get some more sieves. I need to go buy. I need to download some of the other civilizations on it. Um, I don't think I've got Kamehameha on there. I need Kamehameha because um, he was one that's quite fun to play as on Civ 5. The um, Hawaiian, or oh. was it Polynesian? I just like him. It's it called Kamehameha. <laughs> Freaking... Like, um, Dragon Ball Z a, yeah he was named after the Dragon Ball Z move definitely um, they should chuck some better le- some cooler leaders in there I want like a T-Rex <laughs> he's king of the dinosaurs why not
0: <laughs> that might be a good shout get some get some T-Rexes in there
1: yeah your spearmen aren't very good because they haven't got long enough arms to throw the spears. you wouldn't have
0: spearmen you would have mounted spearmen <laughs> so just be like people- like dino riders yeah <laughs>
1: just got machine guns on the back of a T-Rex yeah TV, but, um, so machine gun yeah. I do wish they do a new Civilization Revolution though, because that game's like those Civilization Revolution games—not the second one, the one on the Xbox 360—because the mobile one got turned into a free-to-play nightmare. Um, the Xbox 360 one's a really good like tutorial for Civilization. Mm. It teaches you a really basic, simplified. It's like the it's like an arcade version of yeah. Civilization because you can play through an entire game that in two, three hours. Whereas on PC, on Civ 6, you're That's like, even a short game is like five hours. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're really, Civilization 6 is great so far. I might have to get the DLC, The Rise and Fall, because that expands how religion works and things like that. Oh, cool. You can actually turn states, city states to your side in that one by um, taking over a religion, which was something Civilization Revolution had, where mm. it was possible in Civilization Revolution, culture and religion were kind of tied into one thing in that game. Mm. But if your culture was strong enough, you would start taking another city's tiles until you got to the point where you overwhelm that city, and they just went, "You know what? We want to be with those guys," and they would join you. Which is, I used to win victories without firing a shot just by culturally taking over the entire world, just sinking in,
0: yeah, taking over.
1: Which I thought was always fun, but yeah, Civ Six, it's good. It was on the humble bundle, um, humble monthly bundle this month. I got it for eight pounds something, which is. Ridiculous. You because know, then that's what I brought that monthly bundle for and with that monthly bundle I got Owlboy, Life is Strange, um Friggin' Snake Pass.
0: Oh wait, did you get it After the Fall?
1: No, no, it was the original first life, Show, so I gave that to Ducks Ahoy. Um but you got friggin' um Tacoma, which I've been wanting to play for ages. Mm-hmm. Norwood Suite, which is a weird ass game. I need to get playing that. But Snake Pass was in there. That game was rad.
0: Yeah, Snake Pass is apparently really good on the Switch.
1: Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, I've got it on there I'm gonna play some Snake Pass. Cool. Um but yeah. Civilization 6, it's a thumbs up. Good, good, that's great. I've Thanks. got to remember what the third thing was I was going to review. Oh. Ah. Fuck sticks.
0: My next review this week is going to be the second series of The Good Place.
1: was oh, that on now?
0: On Netflix. Yeah, they've been showing the episodes weekly.
1: Oh, shit, dog. So, I watched two
0: season twos on Netflix this year, this month. I watched the second season of Van Helsing, which is the worst shit I ever have seen in my life, and I keep fucking watching it because it is, like, horrible, horrible mess.
1: Because she like the lady in it.
0: No, she has a weird
1: face. Don't body shame me. Uh,
0: Missy Powell's in it now. She becomes oh, the sweet. protagonist.
1: Go on, Missy Pyle.
0: She becomes the protagonist for the last half of the series, and Van Helsing <laughs> disappears. Oh, fair enough. Why the fuck? Anyway, it's terrible. It's a bad programme. I keep watching it. I don't know why. I think I am addicted to crap.
1: So is that your review? That's
0: my review of Zaman Halsing Season 2. Do you want to take another review? or do you want no, to do? No, what are you no. Hang on okay. so, Was that your place. whole thing? You talk, so, yeah, good place. I want to That's talk, about, want to talk about, about good TV programme. I want to talk about good TV. I want yeah. to talk about good stuff. So, as everybody knows, I'm a big Ted Danson fan. I would call him Ted Handsome, if mm. I could. I'd rename him to Ted Handsome. I like him. It's an older gent. He's always charming. He's always affable. I like
1: him. I remember when he wasn't an older gent.
0: I remember when he wasn't an older gent as well. Do you remember when he dressed up as Al Johnson for Whoopi Goldberg's birthday roast? No. He went blackface.
1: Oh, Ted.
0: No, I know, right? He was fucking Whoopi Goldberg, so maybe he was just like... I don't know. I can't really justify... ladies now. I can't justify that, but he did it. Maybe he turned her. Maybe he was like, hey, let's get some threesomes going. Yeah, understandable. And then eventually he just got kicked out of the bedroom. Hmm. It's that massive forehead. Anyway, Ted Danson pl- stars in the Good Place with um, with uh, Kristen Bell, End. married to Dax Shepherd. Shepard. Um, and the original oh, series, poor girl, <laughs> I know. The original series is about a lady who woke up and she was in heaven. She didn't really feel like she deserved to be in heaven, or as they call it, the Good Place, which is a um, which is a, a, the perfect little town in which uh, you can't swear, can't do anything bad, but you can do pretty much anything else that you want. So you can fly and do other shit like that. Nice. And, uh, and it was really entertaining because they were basically trying to hide the fact that she wasn't meant to be there. Then it turned out there was another person that shouldn't have been there. And the whole thing turned into this whole rigmarole. And then by the end of it, you find out that, spoilers, they were actually in the bad place the whole time. <gasps> the whole idea was they were in a simulated environment that was made so that they would torture themselves instead of needing to be tortured by demons for eternity. They would continually torture themselves by hiding and deceitfully acting to try and prevent anyone finding out they shouldn't have been there. Oh, God. Yeah. Second season, we open up them with the knowledge that they're in the bad place. And over several several episodes, we find out that Michael, the name of the Ted Danson character, has been resetting them each time they find out. Oh. And so for a hilarious montage, we see one of the dumbest characters, well, the dumbest character in the series is called... Um, is called. Uh, oh, God fucking hell, I'm going to forget this now. Oh, you really love the show, you just forget their His name. His name's Jason. So it's Jason Tahani, Chidi, and... Eleanor. And they're the main characters. So Jason Mendoza, he is an idiot. And there is there's a great montage in which each one of them is like realizing their own weight. And Tahani is this very spoilt, rich woman. And eventually she picks up a flower and she smells. This rose smells like a lily. <gasps> I'm in the bad place.
1: <laughs>
0: like that. It's just ridiculous shit like that that just gives them clean. But Jason, he's he's sitting there and he's like he's like, and he goes to pick his nose and he pulls out and he's like he's like, huh, it's nothing there this is the bad place like that that's like just this stupid and it's a great montage Um, Mm. anyway all throughout the series they've been trying to work out a way to improve their score because you go through life and the more good things you do the better your score is the more chance you've got of going to the good place Mm. turns out it's very difficult to get into the good place so a lot of people have very low scores and they just go to the bad place or people that have like medium scores they go to the bad place as well there's no medium place it's just good or bad and the good is only for the people that are truly truly good
1: so there's like five people there
0: yeah much um, So these four, the whole, the whole series, they've been taught, um, ethics by Chidi. Chidi's an ethics pro- professor. Um, and his, his reason for being there is that he could never decide anything. So he tortured all of those around him because he just could never tell the truth, but he could tell the truth in the right context. But then what was the right context? And it was just a nightmare being around him. And he made everyone, everyone's life hell. So he was thrown in there for that reason. And the whole series of the joke is that, like, there's a test for each person. So throughout they're different, different, um, trials they're given. And, and like one of his is just as simple as picking a hat. Hmm. It doesn't matter which hat. It's just he's given the choice of two hats and it takes him an hour and 20 minutes. It's ridiculous.
1: Um, it's a tough decision. It? it
0: is. But um, the whole series is great. It's been really, really good. It's gone from strength to strength. Finding out the characters' backstories in the first series really makes it so that you feel like you know them better. So when it comes to this, a lot of the jokes, I don't think this is a series you could jump into on in the second series. It's not like Parks and Rec where Parks and Rec, they didn't really need to watch the first six episodes. You could jump in at the second or third season and be fine. There's not
1: many shows these days where you can just pick an episode and watch.
0: No, I don't mean like that. I mean, like, pick yeah. a series. more yeah. Because, you know, like, somehow sometimes series have, like, an establishing first episode, you sort of you get into the idea of it. Although they try to do that with this, it's really kind of a high concept when it comes to a sitcom. Yeah. There's not really many out there that deal with moral quandaries and shit, and even if it's in a light-hearted way... But from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which uh, is... In which it's always... The answer is, inev- inevitably, do the bad thing. <laughs> um, but no, The Good Place, it's excellent. I recommend it to everyone. It actually had the um, the second-to-last episode... Had a nice little moment that I didn't expect, and it was really, really well set up. But um, all in all, I give this to Tom Atkins, because I really want people to watch it. I don't think enough people are watching this. This is much like The major Runner. I've only got positive things to say this week. Uh, I
1: feel kind of good, bad. Good, um, good Place is really popular. I just haven't watched it, because, you know, I've been watching a lot of something else. Jesus.
0: Okay, all right. You going to go on it? Your review? No, I've got to wait until... I've got a big thing
1: to do at the end. of oh, okay. Big review. Yeah. Get ready. Stay tuned. Do you see a new movie? Ugh. I did see a new movie. That's going to be this review. Okay. I saw Godzilla Planet of Monsters. Ugh,
0: I was avoiding reviewing this because I was so angry about it.
1: It's Loads of people have loved it. Yeah, I don't know why. There's some stuff in it this night. It's good, cool. Yeah. As far as the concept goes, it's like a pretty crazy concept for a Godzilla film. The premise is Godzilla ravaged the Earth, along with a whole bunch of other monsters, but they kind of wash over. That even showed Hedera, and they just wash over Hedera. That is not on... Um, but Godzilla ravaged the Earth, a bunch of them left the planet, they go to try and find a new planet, travelling at light speed, yeah. they get to a point point. they're like, you know what, this ain't worth it, let's head back, maybe we can beat Godzilla now with our technology that hasn't actually advanced because we've only been flying through space for 20 years and we didn't really do it last time. <laughs> so they head back to Earth and, like, what is it, 20,000 years has passed or some shit because of time-bending bollocks because the person writing it saw Interstellar. Yeah. Um, and they get back to Earth and Godzilla's roaming around and they have a big thing and they fight, there's monsters, there's planet's got one of the guys has a cry because some moss has grown in the shape of a building the planet remembered us it's like not really dude no that's not how it works that's like if moss grows over trash it's not remembering the trash no. is it but yeah they fight Godzilla and stuff and it's like as far as concepts for a Godzilla film goes it's probably the, one of the most out there concepts of all the Godzilla films yeah um, and they are actually classing this is the 33rd Godzilla film which is a bit oh. more weird oh God, awesome. I don't I can't as a mini series it's a separate thing um but it's, it's got that... It's overly serious. It's like... There's no joy to it. And all the Godzilla films have silly stuff in them. Like, Shin Godzilla is the bleakest film ever made.
0: There's a silly scene in which it's he's, like, wiggling hel- around.
1: It's hilarious, that film. The
0: Americans coming in.
1: It's brilliant. Them, them having a series of meetings in separate rooms where they have to keep getting up and walking to a different room to have a meeting. <laughs> when they're... It's the same guys having them, <laughs> mm. and when the new Prime Minister gets skipped, get, giving him the job, and he's just complaining about his soggy noodles. That film's great. Um, but this one's got none of that humour. And even all the older sci-fi godzillas are filled with humour. They know what they're doing. They're tongue-in-cheek. Mm. Um, but this one, yeah, it takes itself ludicrously seriously because a lot of the big animes do now, and they don't really know how to do that. They don't know how to establish character properly. They expect you to instantly attach yourself to a character. They, they, they prescribe to the fore. A lot of animes do this, where they need the first scene to be something that we're like, ooh, what's going on here? This is me hooked. But the thing is, it doesn't always work. You need to... It really works. Because this one starts off with your main character. You don't know who's your main character at this point, or anything. Mm. Um, and because it's CGI anime, half the characters look pretty similar anyway. Um, but he's like, hijacked a ship and he's going to blow up the whole colony spaceship thing. But remember, you haven't established that you're on a colony spaceship thing yet. Um... Because they 'cause they're gonna send the old folks off to die. And Oh yeah. Yeah, and they,
0: Yeah, he's annoyed because they're gonna land on a planet and just randomly drop them off. Yeah. But the reason they're gonna do that is because they've got no
1: supplies, they need they can't get last much longer and the old folks That's have right. taken supplies and the old folks are like, yeah, it's okay, we'll find them they blow up. Um but it's like, yeah, you got you got a moral quandary moment there, but couldn't you have let us get to know these characters, get the bond between him and the old guy that would be an idea, wouldn't it? Build up to it. Um like the whole bit where it has, um, oh, Godzilla attacked Earth and destroyed a whole bunch of things. That should have been your opening moment, just your premise set up, because you don't need to see all that. Yeah. You just need to know they've left Earth. Have some time with the kid and his parent, find out he's a bit rebellious and stuff. Mm. You've seen him as a little kid. Then build up to that bit where he drops off the parents and drops off his grandfather. Make that halfway through the film. Make that the second act lo- low point of the film, where it's just like, no! And then it's like, and do that on the way back. Like they're not going to make it back to Earth unless they need to drop them off now, because they're not going to have enough supplies or food to get back to Earth.
0: Yeah, I think that that would be a sensible way of doing yeah. anything. But
1: but they didn't choose you sensible. drop them off, you don't really know what the point is because they don't have a destination. Mm. So how, <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, it's it's overly serious. It's that's what lets it down. And there's that whole Attack on Titan thing where you need like lots of people flying around a giant creature as much as possible. Yeah, which happens a lot towards the end. Um. I'm wondering if the second part's going to be a bit more light-hearted because there's another character that you see in a post-credits teaser scene that's quite clearly a bit kooky, and you see her briefly every now and again during the film with tribal girl um, who's been living on the planet all along. Well, well, not for twenty thousand years, but I imagine there's been a bunch of them. I guarantee she's like a race of people. Yeah, but how is Godzilla the only one left? Well, for the monsters. Yeah, it didn't say that he attacked the other monsters. Like you just said, Godzilla walked around. The other monsters were attacking. Did Godzilla kill them all? Like, it's called Planet of the Monsters. Where's all the other ones? We see some f- sort of runny little monsters, which are rubbish. But, um, you know, could have chucked in like friggin' Hedera or friggin' Gine- Gine- G- Alginus Al- 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 or whatever his name is. Giddera. Give us Giddera. Um, Literally but, anyone. Yeah. I don't know. And there's a big old plot twist at the end, but whatever. We've got two more of these to come. It's a trilogy. It's three of them. Great. But yeah, and I don't like I don't like this CGI anime no, I don't style. Like the CGI
0: anime style. I've never
1: liked bit. CGI anime. I don't like it one bit. It always looks weird to me. Hand drawn always looks so much better. When you do CGI anime, I kind of get the feel like it's a budgetary thing. Because hand drawn animation takes a long time, you've got to do loads of it, there's a ton of people you have to employ to draw the God, entire thing a out. A lot of money. All that sort of stuff. When you do CGI, you, you make a model for your character and then you make sure you write the scripts in a way where you never need to change that model. Mm. Um, and you you just got to rig the animations then, and it's all keyframes and shit, and it's a lot quicker than hand drawing every animation frame. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just it looks weird CGI anime. I don't think anyone's done it right yet. There's been shots in CGI in f- animes that have worked and things like that. Mm. Like freaking Akira did some of the best computer generated shots in anime just with digital compositing and stuff like that yeah used it well same with Ghost in the Shell they did some really good digital compositing no. in that in the anime it's really smartly done but um, nowadays it's all just like we're going to have big flashy sequences and swing in the camera everywhere we can Woo. not concentrate on anything Attack on Titan's full of that stuff and you know at least Attack on Titan's got hand drawn character modern anime's kind of balls isn't it mhm would you expect though? I Cowboy Bebop was good back in the day. Oh, Cowboy Bebop was great. Yeah, legendary. Some would say. Oh. And um, Space Dandy's weird. Space like Space Sp- Dandy isn't something that I've
0: ever been able to get into.
1: But. It's it's tough to get into, but it has the weirdest, one of the most weirdest, coolest sci-fi concepts ever. Mm. So you know that's quite neat. Messing around with your your mind grapes. But um, yeah, I just uh, this is what we are getting. We're getting this uh, Godzilla thing. I didn't like that Castlevania one either. I didn't mind Castlevania. It had no feel of Castlevania to me. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, The soundtrack's better for the uh, NES game. Play that instead and look at the artwork on the vinyl. There you go. Everyone runs to the vinyl. Get a better Castlevania there. Anyway, Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters. Eh. Eh. Right, your third thing. It's already an hour long, this podcast. Jesus.
0: Uh, My third thing is going to be, well...
1: Texting. Hurry up. Do you Um, review? You can't just give them five seconds of silence.
0: No, I know we can't. I'm going to have to edit that out
1: it. now. I'm going to have to remember that's there. So I watched Blight. Blight? Bright. Bright. Didn't you review that last time? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if you did.
0: I watched It.
1: But yeah, you did that last time. I watched... You watch all sorts of shit. Didn't you watch Altered Carbon yet?
0: I watched Altered Carbon, season one. There you go. You watched so, it all? There you go. Yeah. Altered there Carbon is... Um, Altered Carbon is a series that tries to ask a lot of questions and then forgets to ask them. And what then if goes,
1: Robocop was in a good show?
0: It asks, asks a bunch of questions and then and then it hits itself in the face and it goes, goes,
1: I don't
0: care anymore. Um, there's like a couple of sequences in it that are really interesting, but they are very telling of someone not having any idea what to do. Um so, for those who don't know or don't have Netflix, Autocarbon is a story of a, um, a a terrorist. I'm going to call him a terrorist. He's part of a group of mercenaries called the Envoys. And the Envoys are trained to be, to essentially be living weapons. So their whole uh, methodology is that, mm-hmm. that um, the skin that we inhabit, the body that we are in, um, is only a tool, much like a gun or a knife. And you should always be prepared to use that one tool ...as your weapon... ...and that anything like a knife or a gun... ...is an extension of that being... ...rather than being... ...you know... ...tool. Yeah. Um, And they are... ...they are purposely trained... ...so that they could... ...exit their bodies... ...and go into the bodies of anyone else... ...in the universe... ...using the stack system. Now in Altered Carbon... ...we're in a reality where... ...everybody is born... ...and has a small disc... ...inserted in their spinal column... ...and that disc... I inconvenient. Uh, that disc downloads and holds every single facet of your personality and mind. Nice. So it's essentially a, a soul a copy of your soul. No. And so if you were to die, as long as that that small small disc stays intact and isn't damaged, you can be transferred to a new body. That not
1: use a micro SD card. No. no.
0: The way that that works is that in this in this reality if you are if you're killed by like say someone drink driving hmm. the government is obliged to give you a new body nice but they don't tell you what kind of body so in the beginning we see that Joel oh, yeah. Kidman wakes up he's got a new body it's been genetically enhanced because he was previously one of these envoys the did envoys. he ask for this yeah <laughs> <laughs> no um, envoys we yeah. find out that um, his name was uh, Takashi 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 a taco tacky.
1: Wait, you're saying they had an Asian, he was Asian and he yeah. got put in a Caucasian yeah. body. Yeah. This seems oddly familiar.
0: No, no. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, no, sorry, let, let's, let's ignore that for now. Um, so it's not ghost in the shelf. Don't stop. No. Um, but the idea is that um, the reason hit, this body's been picked is revealed later on. So it is, mm. it is all for a reason. And where he's searching it, it is in America or the remnants of America. Mm. So it's not, it's not like you're expecting it to be where it's, it's just because they didn't want to have an Asian actor in the main role. In fact, the past the the scenes were shown in the past, they're the most interesting because the actor is actually fucking incredible. He's really good. Yeah. And the physicality of the role, so doing all these actions and Joel Killerman is still I don't I don't I wouldn't call him washboard abs. I would say like surface. Like a wash a wash surface. He is just like he's one of those people with a weird body that he doesn't really
1: don't body shame.
0: I'm not body shaming. I'm just saying that he doesn't really get skinny around the waist or sides, but he gets really hench. Mm. So he's like, imagine if you had a really hench Dorito. He's a rectangle. Yeah, he's a rectangle. So it's like, mm. take a really hench Dorito, which would be like your Zach Efron with your skinny hips and stuff. He's more like a hench Pringle. Mm. <laughs> That's really... Because there's a scene in which he's completely nude, and Sexy. like he has his abs out, and they're like a metre wide. Just his abs? <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like one of those playing cards from, from Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Uh, but that's besides the point so yeah so Which he, is he's void as wide he's, as Kylo Ren
1: no he,
0: yeah. he he is a little bit he's he's a big boy like Kylo Ren hmm. um, so he's brought out of stasis he was put in prison because the envoy group they were planning to make it so that you couldn't you couldn't extend your life by switching between sleeves sleeves are what they call bodies so your stack if you um, your stack would have a, a lifespan then it'd be 100 years because mm. what they found is that when you go beyond that, you start losing your connection to humanity, which is where the mystery comes in. <sighs> so, Joel, Joel Kinnaman plays Takeshi, who was originally an eco terrorist. He was killed and then put on ice for 250 years. When they bring him back around, his stack is loaded into Joel Kinnaman's body. Joel Kinnaman used to be a cop mm. whose mind, for some, whatever reason, was removed from that body. Yeah? So um, Takashi decides that he's going to use the body and do the job that he's been given. So he's been hired by this very real rich businessman called Lawrence Bancroft. He has given him a ton of money, unlimited resources, essentially, to find out who killed him. Bum, bum, bum. But he's
1: there, he's alive.
0: Well, yeah, but because you can switch sleeves, uh, if you're rich enough, you can have a constantly running digital backup. Uh, and they call it pin travel. So if that happens, then... He, if you're rich enough you can also clone your body so every time you die you just come back in a younger or a, or the same version of yourself so you've got clones in with increasingly bigger dongs yeah so in the beginning when Joel Kidman wakes up he goes through orientation he's told all the information and then they like say this is what needs to happen if you fuck up remotely we can just end your existence um, and as he's leaving he sees a family reunite with their daughter but their daughter who was killed in a hit-run accident as I gave you the example of earlier um, her daughter was killed in here in run and they're very poor so they can't afford a new sleeve that's like uh, a brand new top of the line and you don't have kids' sleeves unless you know obviously you're breeding them for that specific reason Ooh. so they put her into a middle aged woman nice so there's this old old woman who goes mum dad where am I and they're like put her in a little girl and they're like like, do you have any little girls available? Do you mm-hmm. have money for a proper sleeve? That's <laughs> just this cold sort of, And I would have liked to have seen more of that. Yeah. But instead we have to watch Detective Man do detective stuff. Uh, probably my favourite character in the series, there's an Edgar Allan Poe. He is a construct... So basically all the hotels have an AI. Yeah. I Think Michael Sheen and Passengers. So the AI can make you drinks and he can use the defences and things like that. Like they have guns in the ceiling and shit like that. Uh, But they can't actually, they don't have a physical body. And Poe, throughout the film, uh, throughout the series, is fascinated by humans. And they have like sort of this weird... Oh, is he data? Kind of. Um, (laughs) They have like these weird... The servers and the AIs and all these people get together in like the cloud and have these weird poker matches when the business is closed. (laughs) Right? And so they discuss what's happening and things that they've done. And Edgar and Poe hears from one of the AIs that he manages a, a place where... They use real humans, and he says, "What for?" And he goes, "Whatever they want." Like, I've seen a human eat another human, and I've seen all this other stuff. And, and Edgar Allan Poe, because his his AI is programmed to think like Edgar Allan Poe, and like he's writing it down. Oh shit! And obviously, he's just saving it in his head. He's actually just—he's not doing anything. The physical act of him writing it down is pointless. But he—he he has this notepad, and he's writing it down. And in his head, he's just he's just processing the data. <laughs> it's really mm. interesting. Uh, but he, at one point, I think he brings out the notepad and he says, well, I've recorded the following. And it's actually just a recorded, like an audio recording. Hmm. But obviously he's been writing nothing. Hmm. But it's just like, that's a really nice touch. I liked that. Uh, but, and he's
1: into tentacle weird shit. Yeah. Um,
0: like everyone around Joel Kinnaman is kind of great. Yeah. Joel Kinnaman's a bit blank still. And yeah. he mumbles too much.
1: That's because of Joel Kinnaman. I know, but he's just... He's very tall.
0: He is very tall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked him
1: in RoboCop. People hate that film. <laughs> RoboCop's decent.
0: I would always say to people there is one scene in RoboCop I would defend to the death.
1: There's quite a few decent scenes in that film. It's just that you know, for every good scene that was in the film, there was something bad. Yeah, it was really astonishingly fifty-fifty in that respect. Yeah, Michael Keaton's fantastic oh, in it. There's missed opportunities. He should have had to cut off his human hand at the end to get out from under that ed to a nine. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been like, it's the only thing I could touch my son with that you know, when he sees his son. Yeah. But his son touches the robot hand and he could have gone, Oh, I'll touch it with a human hand, he can still feel it, but then he has to cut it off at the end. That would have been really symbolism. cool. Symbolism. Yeah, symbolism. Accepting that he's now a robot.
0: Yeah. Um one of my one of yeah, my favorites well, the only scene that I would defend in Robocop is the body horror scene. No, Where he goes, show me what's human.
1: The body horror picture show, yeah.
0: Yeah, show me what's human. And they, they basically yeah. all folds away. And it's just the heart, part of a lung, yeah. his brain, his face, and a hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, send me home. Yeah. <laughs> this is me now. Just a yeah. with a lung laughing about the place. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, son, let me help you make breakfast. <laughs> Blow into the sack. Su- I can't breathe, son. And I'm just going to let you die. This is what you want. No, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no uh, Altered Carbon I it, I can't defend it because like I said Joel Kinnaman he's the wrong person to be the leading man I think it should have been the other way around I think that would have been better because the guy who plays Takeshi in the they past, should have made
1: a film about Edgar Allan Poe solving a crime in the future that would have been kind of cool yeah that would have been kind of cool he yeah. does that's
0: kind of what he does and his
1: barman is just there's Joel loads, Kinnaman
0: there's loads of interesting <laughs> side bits like yeah. there's all these tiny little things they touch on like he helps a guy who's an ex-Marine who's been framed for the murder of his daughter, but that's kind of connected to the overarching murder mystery. Mm. Joel Killerman helps him. They rescue his daughter. His daughter, because she was tortured horribly in the VR world, so basically whoever killed her, beat her to death while she was pregnant, took out the stack from her neck, Mm. put her into a VR unit, which is something you you can do to interact with dead loved ones. If they don't want to be brought back properly, Mm. you can load them into VR and talk to them and see them. Irritate them when they're trying to be dead. Yeah. Um, but this girl like the idea is that a stack can still have like inherent faults so if you're driven mad by something your stack isn't going to suddenly be cured of that madness so when they load it into VR you can just be a shit house mad person mm. so there's this soldier guy is trying to find out why his daughter and he's got her stack and he's got it in like a homemade VR thing so he can go in and in this horrible glitchy reality he can talk to her and try and like bring her around um, and then because Joel Kinnaman finds him and uses him as part of the investigation so he gets him to join his team essentially hmm. um, he gets Edgar Allan Poe to, to download so he's got unlimited credits basically because he's on the Bancroft bank account hmm. um, he he has unlimited credits so he, he pays for Edgar Allan Poe to have all these upgrades done and essentially buys the business I guess um, mm. to have all these upgrades done. And he, one of the upgrades is a virtual room and virtual counselling all this other shit. Mm. So he puts the daughter through this stuff to try and regain some of her sanity. And it's fairly interesting. like Stuff like that's really interesting. Um, and then also the same Marine, his wife went missing. Turns out it's a similar sort of situation. Her sleeve was stolen, so her body's been stolen and sold off so that someone can live inside of it. Mm. But her stack exists still. And you find someone who's selling her stack by jogging and using like a connection
1: so many of these stacks fat
0: no <laughs> uh, but he, he goes and he, he finds the stack and they load it into the first available body and the first available body's is a 28 year old man Oh, so it's not a woman oh. and like instead of that being something where he's like damn girl you got a penis <laughs> like that yeah. instead there are scenes where you can see them holding hands to comfort each other and stuff like that just they naturally still fall into those same relationship archetypes yeah. And like even at the end when they're about to die they hold hands and you don't see like you don't see them looking at each other and being like oh, like in a lethal weapon movie or something. They're just holding hands. It's two people connecting. It's not you know, it's, it, I think it's not so much about the sleeve, it's about the stack. He should it just is like there.
1: cuts the next day and he's all like, yeah, Dutch Rodvin. you ever heard of it? It's, it's the next day he's just
0: in a spoiling hot shower his head leaning against his, his arm in a sling because he's
1: <laughs> been Dutch Rodvin too much. <laughs> right.
0: But no, it's like, it's fine, it's, it's really interesting, like in the background, that's the problem, in the background it's really interesting, in the mm. foreground it's just lots of violent, random shit, like some of the violence is just terrible and pointless, There's one character that gets a robot arm at one point. Nice. And there are so many times when she could use it to end a fight in like five seconds, but instead she's just like oh god swinging! I'm just swinging and like going like wide hooks and just no she's seen training at the beginning and like does defensive stuff and she does inside hooks and she gets a couple of uppercuts and like you know stuff where if someone was attacking you defend 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 and then strike at the time hmm. the, like when the time's right in all the fights she's like blindly swing blindly swing okay blindly uppercut get punched in the face how did that happen oh.
1: it's ridiculous maybe she didn't just she went to a really shit fight trainer
0: no, she does alright when she's training. Mm-hmm. She against like, uh. Just wasn't paying attention.
1: Maybe. Maybe Bloody that's what it was. Typical women, eh? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's really thinking about shopping.
1: Yeah. You know, women probably. be
0: shopping. Uh, but yeah, I give all Carbon, it's, it's like 50-50. I like a.
1: Oh, 50-50 is not a bad film
0: though. Uh, I give it like 50-50, so it's not like, it's not great. I wouldn't immediately go out and recommend that everybody goes see it, but, you know, I'd say that. I'd say that there's going to be definitely... It's not going to appeal to anyone who really likes Blade Runner 2049, but those people that kind of like Blade Runner and sort of got it, they're going to love it.
1: People who probably thought Blade Runner was an action film. Yeah. yeah. They'll love this. Yeah. I got the Blade Runner soundtrack the other day on vinyl. Yeah, you did? Hell yeah, I listened to that the other day. I give this, Good yeah. So
0: I, I give this... I give this to Julia well, Roberts. Well, well, well.
1: A Julia Roberts? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, eat, like, you know, like... For every Aaron Brockovich, is an Eat, prey Love.
1: No, oh. Yeah,
0: there's like yeah. a sleeping with the enemy.
1: There's yeah. a Flatliners. Flatliners is great. Uh, it's not. Did that remake of Flatliners come out?
0: Yeah, I watched it. I, I told you, you I had... watched it. Oh. Yeah, no, that, that film is like a strong Adam Sandler. Oh. Yeah. And also, they cut out the scenes where Kiefer Sutherland would explain why he's limping as he would from the first film after being attacked by the little boy. Yeah. Because you know, like, there's that big pivotal scene where he finds out the little boy's haunting him, and he gets horribly beaten up and, like, thrown down the stairs, and he, like, fucks up his leg, and then for the rest of the film, he's got a cane. In this, he's got a cane and a scar on his face where he was thrown down the stairs, but at no point do they talk about it because they cut all the scenes out in which he explained he's the character from the first film.
1: Oh. He's just some weird guy. Yeah. It's just believable when Keith Sutherland just turns up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's weird because they don't have, like, you know, Kevin Bacon was kind of like the charming, like, he's really working hard to get this all done. Yeah. And, like, he goes under and he's really annoyed that he went under with him. Like, he's annoyed with himself and annoyed with what he's doing. And, like, immediately he starts analysing it as a doctor and trying to diagnose Mm. what's happening. There's no one like that in this one. No. They kind of accidentally solve it.
1: Well, they just got to have big action adventure sequences and hauntings. Ellen Page
0: dies. And I feel like when Mm. your biggest actress in the film dies, you're not doing something right.
1: Yeah, she didn't want to be in it.
0: Probably just they probably just paid for her to be in it for like two weeks and then they were like, they just kill her off and they're just that kind of cheap shittiness. She's got
1: better things to do now.
0: Oh she definitely does. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. Gross. I'm pretty sure it's LGBT month and we are
1: No, it's Black History Month. Is it Black History yeah, Month? The shortest Woo! month of the year. Woo!
0: Yeah! Black Panther's gonna be great, mm. and white supremacists are cunts. Yeah.
1: Black history. Donald month. Trump get,
0: is a racist ass. Give asshole. black
1: people that whole month to themselves, and it's the shortest I month of the year. I fucking love
0: <laughs> black people. Uh, Not because they're black, but because they're people.
1: And because they got penises.
0: And because they got some penises. too yep.
1: Right, so my last review. I fucking love eh? a penis! My last review. Yeah. Big review. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, Power Rangers. I finished watching Power Rangers in Space. Ugh! Oh. 45 episodes, or 46, whatever it was, of Power Rangers in Space. And do you remember how I said last time Power Rangers in Turbo was a giant piece of fucking shit?
0: You're now saying that about this as
1: well? No, Power Rangers in Space is, like, shockingly good. Like, a, like really, like, legitimate. In the terms of 90s, made for kids, action-adventure series... It's possibly the pinnacle of kids' action adventure series. It's crazy how good it is. It's like I Power Rangers Zeo, a few series ago, I was all like Power Rangers Zeo is alright, it was quite fun and all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, had a really cool finale where they made the Rangers giant and they fought the monsters, which was a bit different when they, you know, been using the swords. Um and I thought that was quite a neat series, but it still was Power Rangery the whole way through. This one's got a completely different tone to every other series. It's serious, it's like it has the odd kooky for the kids episodes, like where one well, that's not aged very well, where um, Ashley's grandmother turns up and all she wants to do is find her a husband. That's not aged very well. <laughs> is she a lesbian? <laughs> no, well, no, no, because she loves Andros. Um, but what? the whole setup is at the end of Turbo, Divatox won, destroyed the command center, the Rangers basically, I guess, steal a spaceship from Nasada, which is the Power Rangers Universe's version of NAS- NASA. And they fly off into space to chase after Divatox, and that's where it ended. And they left the little kid behind, um, where his name was. can't remember his name. Justin. Little, little, that little shit. Um, so the four Power Rangers that were joined in Turbo halfway through the series that no one gave a shit about, they've gone into space. And in the start of this series, they meet Andros, who's like an a, he's not an alien, he's a human who lives on another planet. Apparently, humans have lived on other planets in his sight. Like, he's telekinetic, he can move things with his mind. Mm. Um, and he's a Power Ranger, he's a Red Ranger, but he's been travelling around on his own, fighting evil on his own, using his spaceship, the Astro Megaship, which turns into a Zord, which is a nice change to have the one main Zord be a single thing. Um, and he's been, you know, fighting evil and stuff, and he doesn't want their help, but then he's like, you know what? Maybe I can let you help me through the power of friendship, and they all become Space Rangers. And they've got their costumes with the lights on the front and stuff, it's quite cool, whatever. So, I. Wait. So it's. A, it's, that's the setup All right. for the series okay. Zordon's been kidnapped they're trying to find Zordon because an evil villain called Dark Spectre is sucking the energy out Zordon of him Zordon
0: is still about.
1: yeah Zordon's somewhere you don't know where he turns up like three times for the series oh. um, having his energy drained they've got Alpha with him Alpha f- gets a new voice thank fucking god because that voice they gave Alpha in the previous series was terrible so
0: is he back to the old voice
1: no it's Wendy Lee does the voice you know the one who did the uh, voice of Faye in Cowboy Bebop um, but she's doing one of her cutie cartoony voices Oh. Um, but yeah, there's Alpha's like, instead of being, hey, Power Rangers, how's it going? Which is just awful. He's back to being more, hey, 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 but not the same voice actress because I think she wasn't available or something. Or dead. Probably. Lots of people seem to die. So here's where the f- series gets really good, right? So, Power Rangers format, generally, is the Rangers are doing some bullshit, a monster turns up that kind of interferes with them doing whatever bullshit they're doing, mm-hmm. and then they beat the monster, and then a lesson is learned. This series is like one long series arc every episode bleeds into the next one there's like it has continuity between episodes plot threads that run through the whole thing the villains are like really more developed and three dimensional than most adult tv shows ever manage yeah um the main villain astronomer she's a she's you know been raised by this um sort of he's like an ai construct robot type thing he can digitize himself and go and te- you know, go through computer systems and stuff like that and reform himself as a robot um, he's raised her her whole life and she's been raised to be evil and she's trusted by the main villain to hunt down the Power Rangers and defeat them so they can't get to Zordon yeah. and all this sort of stuff um, but she carries a locket with her and on the locket is a photo of her as a little child with her brother and she's been told the whole time her family were killed by the Power Rangers and all this sort of stuff Okay, um, were they? Like- ooh, secrets because Power Rangers kill people no, not they kill monsters. Monsters are No, they killed
0: kicked people. that guy to death on the first series.
1: Yeah, probably. But, um, there's also Andros. He's lost his sister. <gasps> you don't find out that Astronomer's missing a brother until after this whole stuff oh. started happening. So you don't put the two together too quickly.
0: Do they have sex?
1: No, no, oh, no. Not, Although his not... best friend tries to date her when she's still evil, which is crazy. Um, That's not crazy. It's kind of cool. Everybody, everybody loves a fucking. He, bad he's supposed person. to be having a date with her, and um, but she, her one of her minions summons a monster down to stop him going to the date, and he ends up late for the date, so she shoots him.
0: The <laughs> amount of times yeah. I have been it's interested happened. in a woman, yeah, This happens, and you know, even late as you're fighting a monster. No, been interested in a woman. I've said, girl, I love you. And then she tells me, she goes, I love you too, but I'm an interdimensional super evil being yeah. who is bound to destroy your planet. Yeah. And I'd be like, Can I move into your spaceship so I don't die when you blow the planet? She's like, True love knows no boundaries She has like a little
1: action figure of him. She yeah. She goes, love.
0: True love knows no boundaries and also I don't have a vagina and I'm like, Deal done. Got anyway, a penis. So
1: she's been raised by this guy, and Andros is missing her sister. You find out later that she's missing a brother, turns out they're twins. What? Ah, uh, shit.
0: So they can bang?
1: No, they don't. But they, they
0: spirit bang? No.
1: So she gets all confused about this, and she, she gets overwhelming urges to protect the Red Ranger. Like, someone's about to smack him with a sword, and, bang and she blasts her own monster to keep yeah. him out of the way, and then says some excuse, like, I'm going to be the one who defeats the Rangers, even though obviously she had a clear shot at the Ranger at that moment. A clear shot? Clear shot. Oh. So there comes a point where she gets really conflicted. So she goes and actually helps the Rangers try to find Zordon and they don't trust her at first. And there's a whole story arc where she's no longer wearing her ridiculous costumes and everything. And she's accepted that she's Corona again and to help him go find Zordon and all this sort of stuff. But then she gets kidnapped and uh, like a whole bunch of circuitry bullshit is put on her to turn her evil permanently to basically lock away the part of her that remembers who she is. Yeah. So she's like fully evil. So then there's a whole thing where the plot sort of ramps up a little bit where now the rangers, they don't want to defeat the villain who for the whole series, they've been like, we need to stop her. Now it's like, we need to rescue the villain from the bad guys. And then penetrative sex, as she remembers. No, no, that doesn't happen. There's no full penetration in this there's series. There's no partial penetration. No. But um, there's nice little, like, subtext going on here. Cause the... It doesn't sound nice. This no, sounds it's... horrible. The um, villain who's been raising her the whole time, he's like, I accept I'm evil because I've been built this way. You were raised this way. Potentially you could be good, but you're pretty good at being evil. Oh, wow. Um, but then he's like, protects her all the time as well. So even when he realises that he shouldn't be saving her, he does. And it's like, because it he's got like a far bigger... It
0: sounds like bullshit. It's got,
1: is, it's got layers. Man. There's all sorts of stuff
0: going on with the characters. truly affected by this, and I will stop mocking you, It's just
1: genuinely strangely well done like the complexity of the character interrelationships in this series is far beyond you're saying that this is almost Beetleborgs no Beetleborgs is terrible um, I don't
0: know why you keep saying that there's
1: also Darkonda as well who's another villain who Darkonda are they black no no no, no. he's a weird Good. looking monster with a clamshell because I know that on.
0: this is infamously the programme that cast that he's the black the one, person as a black ranger yeah, by accident by accident
1: yeah but they um, he, like, he's the one who kidnapped Corone when she was little and so yeah. she ended up becoming an astronomer um and like i say there's there's a few really wobbly episodes here and there but everything has got a better feeling to it like the music's been turned to orchestral music rather than all the heavy rock music mm. gives it a bit more of a grander feel um there's there's like loads of references to films for it like really like sometimes quite cleverly or subtly done and films that kids couldn't be watching like, there's an episode where Carlos gets bitten by a bug and it starts turning him into a bug monster. Yes, the fly. Um, yeah, and he's crawling around the spaceship. They're on, hunting down the other rangers, like alien. Clever stuff. Um, they throw away little Jaws references and stuff like that throughout the series. You know, um, I think they, he has a monster in one episode that looks like a little E.T., sort of cheap knock-off E.T. monster at the start, and it grows into a big one. And he makes a joke about how they're going to need a bigger like a bigger ship or something like that. Um just, you know, the obvious references. Yeah. Um there was another episode that does a really clever Yeah, there's an episode. <laughs> um one of the girls, Cassie, who is the best thing in the last series anyway, she's still amazing in this series. And she other than Andros, she has the most to do throughout the whole series, because I think they realise how like clever she is at doing she's actually the only one who can act. Yeah. Um but there's a sequence where she gets silenced and she has to use her facial expressions and all this. So he has got a whole sequence where she can't say anything. Because if she says anything, the villains, the psycho rangers, who are the first proper evil rangers in the series, they're really good. Um, Really quite a good bunch of rangers, those ones, because they're crazy and they've got cool costumes. But if they hear her, they'll hunt her down and... Eat her face. Probably. But there's a bit where um, she's in the street and at the top of some stairs is a lady and she's not paying attention to her pram and her pram's starting to wobble on the edge of the steps. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, they're referencing Battleship Potemkin. In an episode of Power Rangers. Oh, I thought they were referencing um, You're gonna say Untouchables, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. That Untouchables, the Steps bit was a reference to Battleship Potemkin. Was it? Yes. The Odessa Steps sequence. Was it's a it? classic. I tried to get you to watch that film. It's a fantastic film. But you know, you it's a very long film though. And it's like seventy minutes. That's a very long film. It's a nineteen sixteen surgery. That's Pai- two
0: episodes of well that's, that's an episode and a half of Altered Carbon.
1: Yeah. And if I'd watch Battle it's Angel better. Battle, it's better. If I'd Amazon. watch Battle Angel Alita this week. It's Battleship Potemkin. If I'd watch Battleship Alita. Ah. But anyway, the series is the finale for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Everything builds up to a oh, really what? Cool, like, not every series. Like the whole the, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers arc. Zordon, Alpha. Yeah. Well I say Zordon's done. Um but they have all the villains turn up at the end, they're attacking different parts of the universe, you see them fighting the alien rangers from Aquitar. No mention of Billy who went to live with them, but whatever. Um, you see him fighting the Phantom Ranger, who they still never revealed who the Phantom Ranger was. And Zordon tells, tells um, Andros, You need to help me, you need to destroy me so I can burst all my good energy, what's left out across the galaxy. I
0: thought you were going to say, you're basic. Yeah,
1: if you kill him, he'll send off a wave of energy that will basically cleanse evil from the galaxy. Billy, save the world. Um, or oh, you're basic. But this happens after Andros is like, I ain't going to do this. And he fights an astronomer. He's got no choice. Astronomer's crazy because she's been taken over. Yeah. Um he accidentally kills her. She like, oh. fires a blast. He blasts it back, shoots her in the gut, and she dies. Really? Yeah.
0: But then they bring her back?
1: Yeah, because the good wave energy brings her back as Carone because there's a little bit of Carone left in her. And it's just enough to bring her back. It's-
0: Secret, secret, a good... secret little spoiler. It's yeah. in her ass. Yeah, because he put her in there. A...
1: But there's there's other really cool stuff in the series. Um, there's an episode where Adam turns up, the Black Ranger from um the previous the series. He was the Black Ranger from series two onwards. Oh, um, but he's um Carlos doesn't Carlos is doubting whether he can be a ranger because he accidentally hurts one of the other rangers, and he's like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. So Adam starts <laughs> training him. Some monsters turn up. Adam's got his old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Morpher that's broken. Yeah. And Alpha's like, don't fucking use this, dude. It'll kill you. And he's like, fuck it. Morphin time. And he morphs and turns into the Black Mastodon Ranger. Yeah. And as he's fighting, because this has got better special effects than the previous years. as he's fighting, parts of him are like demorphing. So yeah. he's like swinging a punch, and part of his arms turned into his human arm, and he's punching. Oh all right! Um, cool. And there's loads of on screen morphs as well, which was rarely done before. Loads of stuff. There's one bit I kept pausing it because I want to see if they mess it up, and they they nailed it. Where they're running through a doorway, and mm. as they run through the doorway, they morph, and they nailed the timing of every footstep from. Oh really? The morphing, and it's like that's a long step from the first series where they, would, you know, whenever they'd teleport, everything would jump. Yeah, in frame. yeah just,
0: just be in <laughs> another room altogether. Yeah.
1: Um... But yeah, it's it's a surprisingly solid series. Um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in an episode one. Yeah, not? which is still weird. Yeah, it's very early on. They get it out of the way. Um, they close off Justin's story where um, the sentient car he had turned up and helped oh, him. Yeah, yeah. Although there's there's an episode at the end of the series, another one that references film, references Christine, where a crazy car is chasing him and running them down. And that probably would have made more sense to be the episode mm. with the Turbo Ranger. Um, but it's quite cool to do an episode to end off Justin's bit and just have a final... He's fine. His dad's not leaving him this time. You know, <laughs> no mention of why the sentient car had turbo Power Rangers power because they lost that, but he gave them them anyway. Yeah. But it's quite cool to have that. And that's the end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So what... Rita got turned into a human. Zed got turned into a human. All oh, the putties really? and everything disintegrate because they got no good in them whatsoever. They're just scum. Um Bulk and Skull have like their the culmination of what arc they had, where they lead an entire town to fight the v- bad guys' monsters. They have an I'm Spartacus moment where mm-hmm. astronomers like, Reveal the Rangers to me, even though she lived with them for a little while. She doesn't remember who they are, I guess. Yeah. Um and even though she could find them easily before, but whatever. Um but Bulk and Skull's like, I'm the red ranger, and then some woman's like, I'm the green ranger, I'm the pink ranger, and I'm just like, You're not love. Um and then the Power Rangers jump up on a wall. And they're all like, let's rock it! Because that's their phrase they shout in this series. And they yeah. reveal themselves to the whole town. They broke the first rule of being a Power Ranger. They revealed their secret identity. And
0: what did they really do? They beat and them together. Bulk
1: and Skull are like, those dweebs are the Power Rangers? And they beat them to death. Which they barely knew, because they only really stuck around for a couple of months in the last series and then they went off into space. So they didn't really know those dweebs. Wait,
0: so Bulk and Skull were possibly the ambassadors for the human race in space.
1: Yeah. Bulk actually goes off into space in the next series. Um, <laughs> what permanently yeah Skull gets left behind um, Skull doesn't get left behind Skull no he doesn't no he falls asleep and they go him and Profe- Bulk and Professor Phenomenus go and join the space colony wait and Skull gets left Bulk, behind which one's Skull Bulk's the fat one Skull's the skinny one
0: so Skull gets left behind yeah he's. and then Bulk he's... comes back right later and Skull's no. a
1: millionaire oh that's yeah later on when they ignore but you, just, you just got to remember the later series are very loosely tangentially linked oh, ok um because they were bad. It's, think of it as a fluidic timeline. It's, it only connects when they want it to. But um, yeah, they... It's surprisingly good series. Like, other than the odd, random, slightly dodgy episodes and the ones where, like with the grandmother one, she's wearing weird costume because she know full well in the Japanese version of the show, there was a child wearing a really weird costume because they are always wearing dungarees and stuff in Japanese shows. Yeah. So you know that at some point during the monster sequence they'd have to have some kid in Japanese... Some weird looking kid, so the grandma has to wear stupid looking dungarees or something. Hmm. That sort of stuff keeps happening, but it doesn't happen too often. And the series flows along and it treats everything relatively seriously. You know, it still has the light moments. But the fact they made a series that was completely unlike all the others is darker. People, there's a fucking dark episode. <laughs> Carlos helps a little kid out. She realizes that he's the Black Ranger. He jumps into a photo booth to morph. Mm. because he was, you know, there's too many people around and a photo comes out of him morphing so she uses it to blackmail him he gets pissed off at her, all she wants is a moon rock at this point, mm. she says one last thing and I'll give you the photos, get me a moon rock something that for a space ranger who can fly through space very quickly and teleport yeah. would be a piece of piss um, and he loses his shit at her, walks off and then Ashley drags him to one side takes him to the hospital and it turns out her brother had leukemia and all he wanted to do was go to the moon he wanted to be an astronaut He's when he grew now. up He's fucking dead Yeah. Carlos just shouted and shouted down and called a kid a horrible little brat who's and all she wanted was a moon rock because she just wanted it to give it to her brother who's dead
0: and it's like fuck He could have saved himself a lot of trouble if he just beat her to death
1: He could have saved himself a lot of trouble if he took the two seconds to teleport to the no, moon pick up a rock and come back death. No, because she's alright she's fine no,
0: like, she blackmailed him. That's she's, a crime.
1: She's wearing weird dungarees as well, because yeah. there's a Japanese kid in the I'll episode who's in dungarees. But, um, yeah, Power Rangers in Space. Shockingly good series. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is, like, classic TV level, like, round the twist sort of classic TV level. Like, great children's television. That's surprisingly dark um, and fun. And the next series is Lost Galaxy. Which I've started watching five episodes on. There's no way in hell this is going to be as good as Power Rangers in mm. Space because um, Jesus, it's not good so far. No, five episodes in. I think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna struggle as much as I did with Turbo, but I think it's going to be close. Power Rangers in Space. That's the last you will hear of Power Rangers for a while. Yay! <laughs> Unless I binge watch the Lost Galaxy. Wow. Well. Paul wants me to get to Time Force because that's his favourite series.
0: Time Force how late into the game is
1: that I think it's 2001 because if I remember rightly they had to digitally remove a scene where a plane crashed into a building and they had to cut an episode Jesus yeah because it happened at the wrong time
0: well that's always good <laughs> yeah your last review my last review you haven't got a
1: last review have you no I do do you what is it so it's big review... and special
0: it is no. so my last review is pretty spectacular oh all right, so I recently I recently re-watched uh, Teen Wolf 1 and 2. Oh, for fuck's sake. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? I'm hankering for some more Teen Wolf action. Where can I go? Where can I go, Anne? Teen Wolf? Yeah.
1: I don't know, you've got Netflix, haven't you? It's on Teen Wolf 1 and 2, everyone now, aren't they?
0: And you know what else is on there? What? Season 1 through 6 of Teen Wolf, the MTV series starring Dylan
1: O'Brien of the Mazer on a trilogy. Well, that is... Oh wait! Didn't you see? You, wait, what? Didn't you say you watched the Team Wolf series and now you watch the other Team Wolf series? There's only one Team Wolf series.
0: No, I'm saying that I watched Team Wolf one and two, the oh. movies. Oh, the movies. Oh, and now Team Wolf one through six of the series. Oh, now I didn't want to watch series one through five because you're basic, no? <laughs> because I didn't didn't really have time. It's a lot of lot of TV to watch, isn't it? Also, it's Team Wolf. So I did the smart thing and I just started mm. season season six episode one and went from there. Yeah. Now from what I can surmise, there are not only werewolves in this town. There are were ca- uh, chameleons.
1: It sort of turns into Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer, doesn't it? There are were chameleons. All oh, right.
0: There are were coyotes. Yeah. There are packs of different types. So the pack leader for the town is um the main character of Teen Wolf. He killed the other alpha oh, and okay. now he's the alpha. Um <laughs> Nazis are introduced this series. What? Yep. Yeah. Um, and underneath the school, there is a man who is part werewolf, part lion, and also part ghost rider. I'll get to the ghost riders in a minute. And he is also an ex-Nazi. That's right. Yeah. You see what? See what my mind was at
1: when I was watching it. Teen Wolf was like about so, a teenage boy, except in who he is through the means of basketball. The actual fact of him turning into a werewolf was was a parallel for puberty. Um, And also his dad was a bit weird. Um, But, you know, that's what that's about. It was a fun film.
0: So in the series, they talk a lot about the first series and this last series, because it is the very last series of Teen Wolf, the MTV programme starring Dylan O'Brien. And what they do is they talk about how Dylan O'Brien as the character of Styles. You remember Styles from the series?
1: Six years. He can't be a teen anymore.
0: So Styles, um he found a dead body in the woods. Ah. And so he invited his friend I can't remember the name of, Michael J. Fox we call him, yeah. to come out and have a look. And in doing so, they were chased by a bee, by a big monster. Can you guess what that monster was?
1: A zonoid from Giza. It was a
0: werewolf. Ah. One of the werewolves. Hmm. So Dylan O'Brien didn't get didn't get scratched. But what he did do is he opened the doors to the supernatural world for his best friend who is now a oh, cut shit! cut to five seasons later I'm assuming because they don't really talk about the <laughs> in between stuff um, and people are going missing in town oh uh, Johnny um, John Cage Johnny Cage from the Mortal Kombat movie Lyndon Ashby those $500 sunglasses so yeah he is Styles' dad nice Right, more on that later. So, uh, the town of whatever the name is not only being besieged by handsome Nazi vampire werewolves were lions, but also by Ghost Riders. Now, Ghost Riders are people... But they're, they're basically they're these cowboys with...
1: Did Marvel like, forget to copyright that? Yeah, uh, I don't think they
0: did. Uh, they're these cowboys <laughs> without eyes. They have these weird sunken eyes and they have their mouths. Oh, wait,
1: everything's Marvel's Ghost Rider now, isn't yeah. it? You're supposed to say Marvel's at the start of it.
0: So... Um, and all of the monsters, all of the ghost riders have their mouths like, you know, Mr. Anderson, you know, like the scene in The yeah. Matrix where he's like, rrr, rrr, like, it's like the midpoint of that, so he's got like mm. holes he can breathe and stuff. Oh, like so. Jonah Hex. Yeah. Uh, but like his mouth's all sealed up, so it's Symmetrical got Jonah Hex. Yeah. It's all goobers. <laughs> Um So anyway, so um, these ghost riders, when there's like a supernatural influx in a particular area, to clean it up, they basically erase all the people and all the memories of the people there. Yeah. They do a real shit job of it because. Mm. More on that later. So, Ghost Riders are apparently they've been doing this for many, many years, and Styles is on their list. So they take Styles, and they and they hide all the evidence that he ever existed. Hmm. But Lyndon Ashby, get his name right.
1: Yeah, Lyndon Ashby. So Johnny Cage.
0: Everyone, everyone starts getting hints that Styles was a person because though the Ghost Riders can remove people, they've been doing this for they've been doing this for hundreds of years, and because technology and such exists. They're not always able to remove everyone through supernatural means. There's like residual energy of these people. Yeah. Like things like photographs. A photograph would be taken where there's a bunch of people like sitting on a bench. And like where that person used to be, there's a there's like a just a space. And because there's just a space, there's like this weird residual energy. People look at them go, So they just asleep. fade from the
1: photo, like in Back no, to the Future? No, they don't fade, they just completely
0: disappear immediately. Yeah. Um one girl's got psychic powers. She's still a human, but she has super psychic powers. And she goes to Lyndon Ashby's house, and she's like, "Wait, there used to be a room here." And he's like, "There was never a room here." And she goes, "There used to be a room here," and she knocks. And it's hollow. And he goes, "It's hollow because there's insulation in there. This is a house. That's how houses are built." She goes, "No, there's something wrong." She grabs a chair and shoves it into the wall and goes all the way through. And there's mm. a room behind there, but there's nothing in there. But then, as she's looking around, her memory starts filling in the gaps, mm. and she sees like all bits and pieces here. And then I was like, "I don't know what you're seeing. I ain't seeing shit." you're a fucking liar you're but he's a got witch. a free
1: room he shouldn't be angry uh,
0: he's not he's not really angry he's like oh that's weird it's on the blueprints um, but then she hmm. goes can you not see the stuff and he's like no and she goes she picks up a jumper and she throws it and then it goes in slow motion because of magic I assume and he catches it and he's like oh, I had a son hmm. ah! and like, and then a bunch of shit happens and they defeat the ghost writers oh, fair enough. it's really bad yeah. Like, it's hard to understand garbage. I
1: don't know how you'd make an emo-y, miserable version of Teen Wolf.
0: So here's the thing, right? It's Teen Wolf's not, fun. He, well, sometimes the series is fun. No, sometimes. I think, <laughs> I think the series is only fun when Dylan O'Brien doesn't have an accident whilst filming Maze Runner 2.
1: Like 60% of the time, he works every
0: time. He's only in it for like 10% of the series. And he has, like, the best intro in the whole series. Like, there's a scene in which he's... Because he's remembered by so many people and his dad basically finds him and they sort of have this moment where he's like, I remember you, son. You can go back to the real world. And he's like, thanks, Dad. He's like, dad, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'll hold off the ghost riders. And then suddenly there are ghost Riders, and he's like, boom, <laughs> It does nothing. He's <laughs> firing at ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his son comes back and his son's intro to coming back is that he just appears behind a bloke and smacks him in the head with a baseball bat. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. And then drops the baseball bat and runs over. And I was like, is it that easy to defeat a supernatural were lion werewolf Nazi?
1: Yeah, they should have done that from the start.
0: They like He literally just clobs him in the back of the head. Does like, anyone in the background pull
1: their trousers down as the camera pans past? No, oh, but it's a not pretty not good swing. He just thing.
0: swings and smacks him in the head. It just, it becomes really confusing and stupid and, like, the Ghost Riders, as far as I can I can find out on the internet cause I'm not willing to watch any of the other series, <laughs> the Ghost Riders are, like, just something that's appeared. Mm. Like, they've never been mentioned before. Like, the I understand that that's series. kind of the nature of it, right? But, yeah, it's the mm. last series. Uh, needless to say, they save everyone and there's, like, this heartfelt, like, goodbye and I'm sure it'd, it'd be emotional in some way if I knew anything about these characters beyond one scene. Uh, for the most part, they're really irritating.
1: There's a lot of these shows like that now. You yeah. your supernaturals and your grims. I like
0: Supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. for me, is a guilty pleasure. I watched a
1: couple of episodes of Grim.
0: I can't uh, watch Grim.
1: The, the main guy in it is overly handsome.
0: It's not that he's overly handsome. It's that every time he does something, he's like, he's like, wait, you're a fethel? You're a fethel? Because the the other guy was a Are You're not a fathel? Okay, you're a thethel. Okay, cool. So blue now, bloods, The blue
1: bloods. Oh, the werewolves. Just as all the German names, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, blue yeah, he kind of looks like, um, what's that show, Daphne psych. and something? The comedy show from the 90s. Dharma and Greg. Looks like Greg from Dharma and Greg. He
0: looks, he, looks like, he looks like Handsome Psych.
1: He looks like, da- what, he you're saying like... Greg isn't handsome?
0: No, he's not, he looks tired all the time. He looks like Handsome Psych.
1: Isn't Greg from Dharma and Greg actually like a complete asshole? Yeah, probably. I think he was. Yeah, he looks like a not, handsome... Not as much as Adam Baldwin or whatever his name is. You know the one from Firefly, he's a complete asshole.
0: Yeah, he's a sexist
1: asshole. Yeah, piece of trash. But no, yeah. the guy from Grimm is like, he's got a very square jawline. He looks like you know, if a TV station with a low budget was making a Superman series, he'd be their Superman. No,
0: he's handsome, Psych.
1: Handsome Psych. What Psych is isn't a skinny guy. He's
0: handsome Psych. Nah, he's got his nah. He's got his nose and
1: everything. Nah, he's much more chiseled. Than yeah, nose. no, but that's
0: what I mean. He's handsome, Psych.
1: You could say that about anyone. That's that's ugly, Zach Efron.
0: Yeah, but that's. No, because then no, no, because <laughs> Zac Efron's very short. Sykes not that Zac
1: short. Zac Efron's not short. Yes, he
0: is. is he? It's
1: like five eight. Yeah, everyone looks short next to the Rock.
0: Yeah, but the Rock's only like six two.
1: No, he's like six four, six five.
0: The Rock is not six, four, six, Yeah, He's five. quite tall.
1: He's quite big. He was always billed as six foot six in WWE, but it's a lie. Yeah, Team. Why did? You, why would you watch Team Wolf?
0: I wanted to know what it was about.
1: I couldn't be bothered to watch oh, the six, Scream five. series. No, they you're did right,
0: six five. Yeah, Scream series is actually all right. I watched all. of Another
1: first series is like they didn't want to have the same villain. The thing, scream, the but scream. now they've accepted in his ghost faces well, there in the new the series. Scream
0: series is good because they go all out on the gore. Nice, like there is a scene in the Scream series where someone is below, like you know, one of those combine harvester blades. Yeah, where it's just the the gnarly fucking jagged semi swash stick of it, and it just. Drags through stuff and it's meant to have a chain on it, and they have one of those go through someone's head. Nice. It's pretty awesome. It just drops. It's like it's got a timer and it just go. Like the woman's like, "I'll save you. I'll save you." And it's like you never had enough time. And it's awesome. It's great. Like nice. the same with this. Like there are bits to this where it's like really gory and it's actiony and there's some interesting bits, but it's just it, I don't feel like anything's been established. There's like too really much weird.
1: blood in shows now. It starts looking like that bit in Dracula Dead and Love it where he drives the. Have stake into Dracula's that's heart and blood launches into the air there's a point where if you use too lives, much blood it becomes comedic
0: lives. I need the lives mm. um, yeah. yeah no you're
1: right you're absolutely right but
0: I mean this Evil is... Dead
1: gets away with it because it's fast but
0: well even Ash vs. Evil Dead, yeah, evil dead it, yeah, it's
1: silly yeah that's the point it's funny but when you're you doing a series yeah I've watched series 1 2 of Ash vs. Evil Dead when were they on? They're on Virgin Media. You just oh, do it on demand. Cool. Fucking Are they in
0: 4K on the new Virgin Media? I don't
1: apps? fucking... Who cares about 4K?
0: I do, because they were filmed no. in 4K. I can't watch them in 4K, which I'm Anything me.
1: on a camera is filmed in 4K.
0: Well, anything using film. Yeah. Certain digital cameras don't capture 4K.
1: Yeah, well, George Lucas went and filmed Attack of the Clones in 1080p. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, digital. Yeah, 1080p is
0: the future. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's room? all you need. They're in shot on film and video and uh, digital.
1: Yeah, they shot it with the film, like... Yeah. He I, was wonder, what, I wonder
0: where that that film reel is.
1: Well they, it's on all the time. The show. No, yeah, I film. know,
0: but I thought that was a that was taken from the, the digital version. I don't know. I have no idea. No, Tommy Wiseau mad genius. Mm. Well not really. Uh, but yeah, Team Wolf, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh if you are to watch it, probably watch it from the beginning. Uh one of the things that really pissed me off is I found out Colton Haynes is in some of it.
1: No. Yeah. And he's pretty he's oh, a he's... charming guy, isn't he? The gay one from Arrow.
0: Yeah, charming, cool guy. Yeah, wouldn't mind watching him get topless a couple of times. Now you got part with these topless He's gonna boys. He's going to be back
1: in Arrow this series, is he? Yeah. Hey. Turns up again.
0: But yeah, yeah just a bunch of topless boys being werewolves and some women
1: that. Get what into- was that show? Wasn't there a werewolf show in America that was like.
0: Bitten with that woman who was in uh, Smallville, played super. No, the main
1: guy. thing was like a whole bunch of jock guys. In it. Or did I did I accidentally watch a David Dakota film?
0: No, I think you probably just watched an episode of Team Wolf. No. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh wait, no, wasn't there the originals?
1: <laughs> so like I can't. Remember. I think it's like a football team or something like that. Oh yeah, remember.
0: no, the cross they play the cross in Team Wolf.
1: Do they? Oh yeah, it must be that then. Yeah. yeah. It's only a directed by David to this
0: town. Now my turf's turned upside down. I, sh- I wish I could figure. Does the theme tune say "Team Do you it? think it's just a phase? Did you never watch Big Wolf on Campus? No. What?
1: No. Why you don't
0: know what Big Wolf on Campus is.
1: Mel suck. Big
0: Wolf on Campus is the greatest werewolf show. Oh my good fucking god! This, ty- this episode needs to be told Big Wolf on no. Dylan O'Brien. You need to. Can you please call it Big Wolf on Dylan O'Brien?
1: I don't know yeah you remember. can yeah you can because this is already and
0: 45 minutes alright sorry sorry, sorry I'm going to wrap this up so Team Wolf is not worth watching Team Wolf series one through six. I mean I don't know as an overall product but season 6 is definitely a pile of shit um, well, if I was going to recommend any Werewolf program Big Wolf on campus mad shout out to that that was on Fox that was right after Beetleborgs oh god I fucking loved Big Wolf on campus I bet it holds up we're going to watch an episode of Big Wolf on campus together
1: no yes we are no. we're going to watch an episode of Big on Wolf bath. on
0: Campus tomorrow tomorrow we can watch an episode uh, of Big Wolf on Campus I've got to edit this tomorrow 20 minutes of your life will oh, be God. will be joyously uplifted by that great program no do you remember the Invisible Man the program they had about the Invisible Man no ok so they figured out that Bigfoot existed but because he had a gland in the back of his f- neck like the thyroid that made it so he could go invisible he was never found because Bigfoot could it. go invisible yeah and then they, they found that gland and they put it in a, a convict who was convicted for nonviolent crimes. And he then helped a spy organisation hunt bad guys. But he could only go invisible a certain amount of times before he needed an injection. So he had a tattoo. And the more times he did it, the more the tattoo lined up. And then if he got shot, it would go back down. But if he didn't, then turn evil. And he started going and hunting people. Oh my God, the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, the guy from Big Wolf on Campus looked just like the guy from The Wizard. Oh, can yeah. we? Can I just show you a picture of Big? Not wolf on a podcast, camp? no. But, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't need to go. People know what Big Wolf on Campus. It's the first thing that comes up when I put in Big Wolf. Oh my god! Some of the wolf effects are incredible. I've got to show you. Look here we go. That.
1: That's. It's very good for that's a podcast. What the world, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You guess what country it was made? Canada?
0: Yes, it was Canadian!
1: Of course it was.
0: That's incredible! I'm sure Thomas
1: will know what it is then. <laughs> so good. It's Oh my god, wait, wait, wait. How many episodes were there? <laughs> what? There were seven seasons! Oh my god.
0: I'm, I've only seen four.
1: Oh god, you've got some Netflix in to do or something.
0: Catching up Oh wait, no wait, they're only three.
1: Oh, Oh, 65 episodes but you time. watched 4 seasons of it no
0: look they spread season 3 over 2001 and 2002 oh god so I just saw the two uh. oh, well, that was sad well they had an episode that was so they used to do episodes that were based can on you films can end the podcast so can you guess what being Tommy Dawkins is about no I don't know it's a rip on John Malkovich being uh. John Malkovich can oh. you guess what Save the Last Trance is about <laughs> Save the Last Trance uh, very pale rider. Play it again, samurai. <laughs> Dance without wolves. Oh, <laughs> that's as close to a laugh as I think it's. Jesus. I think that's as close to a laugh as big wolf dog cams ever gone. How about, uh, <laughs> what's blood got to do with? <laughs>
1: You laughed at that one. Can you end the episode, the podcast, because I've got to edit this.
0: Switch me, baby. one What time? No, I need to
1: just hit stop. <laughs> no, don't, don't. No. this laptop. Okay. All right. Sorry, three, sorry, sorry, sorry. This has been Matt.
0: One. And here's uh, and his aunt, uh, Say goodbye. Bye. All right. And this has been Uh If you need us, you can find Ant at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. You can find him on Mellow Gaming. He is the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube.
1: Yeah, for the time being. For the time being. Until some 14-year-old starts a channel with a name and becomes a millionaire or something.
0: And then you sue him.
1: Probably stealing my friggin' logo <laughs> at the same and time. And then you
0: sue him. And then what happens is, we then get sued because we were trying I him to about- a
1: boxing match. <laughs> <laughs> no, we
0: then... Yeah, then just let me fight him for you.
1: Well, I could do it.
0: Well, yeah, but he like, might be one of those hench little fucking storied it up 14-year-olds. And you know how much I love kicking the shit out of kids. Yeah. Anyway, we'll probably get sued by the like guy who created Big Wolf on Campus. He's probably waiting for someone to create a podcast. Oh dear. Please can we call this episode Big Wolf start on your, Dylan O'Brien
1: You're gonna start your Big Wolf on Campus themed podcast series. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh my god, that's a great idea. It'll just be
1: you. Just <laughs> <a great> idea. <laughs> talking to the microphone about fan <laughs> theories about Big Wolf on campus. <laughs> <Recapping>. Sounding dangerously <laughs> like Alex Jones. <laughs>
0: and this is when the lizard people entered the TV
1: program mm.
0: I've only got one and a bit years of content if I do it weekly yeah. I'll just spread them out
1: there's more you can think about oh
0: Big Wolf on Campus <laughs> let me just read you one more title no let me just read you one more title god damn it <laughs> one sec I'm going to go to season two because I feel like that's going to be where the good ones are <laughs> apocalypse soon <laughs>
1: Right, we end this now? You're wasting everyone's time.
2: <laughs>
0: 101 damnation. People
1: need to go and listen to Welcome to Night Vale or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what people like.
0: Please tweet. One of the episodes is called Blame on Haim and has got Corey Haim in it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh Corey Haim in 2000 was starring in a Canadian this yes, wasn't Corey Feldman I mean you <laughs> done the you're Manchurian,
1: manchurian we- werewolf uh, are you done are you done <laughs>
0: Rob hyphen
1: zombie right three uh, two fear and loathing in Pleasantville one. okay I'm done uh,